0: I'm gonna break your heart
1: Hello, everybody and welcome back to Movies for a Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Egan.
2: And I'm your other co-host, Brian Kuiper. Or are we both lead co-hosts, lead hosts? That's a Spinal Tap reference right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I finally got that this time.
2: <laughs> Very good.
1: Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't quite my tempo, but um, well, I'm oh, sure you'll get better Okay. as we go on. Was I rushing or <laughs> was
2: I dragging? The answer, folks, to that question today from me is I am dragging, to be honest. I'm a little tired, <laughs> um, but I will try to not let that show through in this recording. So
1: I have a feeling you're going to get quite peppy I with will. the second movie that we're talking about. So this is a very... Brian episode that we're doing today as we said before uh, all about um, I think we're just calling this what musicians I don't know
2: the exploding (laughs) drummers let's just you know because you know you know I have a feeling Andrew Neiman would grow up to join Spinal Tap and just be one of the long list of drummers (laughs) that just dies in bizarre way some bizarre way don't you think yeah probably that would be cool like I'm I'm wanting to imagine that now All right, so So we kind of gave away what (laughs) we (laughs) were right, (laughs) kind of gave it away, but we're going to go with yours first. So, why don't you introduce for sure what yours is?
1: For sure, my uh pick for this is going to be Whiplash from 2014,
2: and mine a movie near and dear to my heart, probably a forever favorite if I'm being honest. That is from 1984, Rob Reiner's. This is Spinal Tap. The funniest movie ever made about rock and roll. That was one of the taglines for it. But we're going to start with Whiplash because we thought, let's get stressful before we get funny. And, uh, right? Right.
1: (laughs) I love this, putting these two movies together, though. This is such a fun double feature. (laughs) It is. Because you can kind of see how they go together. But then they're also, obviously, completely different in tone.
2: (laughs) Though, I got to say, Whiplash makes me laugh endlessly too
0: right there's so
2: much about that... it that is so funny in that uncomfortable way that like the, uncomfortable yeah, yes that way. like that like the first you know 45 minutes of full metal jacket makes me laugh mm-hmm. you know where <laughs> where you just have where someone it's, it's so
1: tense you have to laugh
2: <laughs> yeah it's it's just the audacity of of that kind of character that drill instructor kind of character just the things that spew forth from his mouth are so unbelievable that you just kind of have to laugh at it (laughs) right (laughs) so whiplash from 2014, I believe this was the feature debut of Damien Chazelle, who's gone on to a, you know, a pretty good directing career from there. He also directed La La Land, the much maligned La La Land, <laughs> which I don't understand because I actually like that movie. I'm on the that record. That was fun. I really like La La Land. Uh, and I, I thought First Man uh, was exceptional oh
1: he did first man yeah oh my god yeah it's so good yeah yeah he's awesome yeah okay i love him so
2: (laughs) those those are my i'm i'm yeah i'm a big fan of those so anyway uh so this is a semi-autobiographical movie because damien chazelle which kind of
1: terrifies me yeah poor guy he was a (laughs)
2: He was a jazz drummer at a music conservatory uh, who got into a music conservatory, uh, not too unlike Schaefer, and had a instructor who was trying to get the best out of him <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and he sort of okay. lost his taste for it because of that oh. uh, so anyway but this movie is uh you know best picture nominee uh an oscar oh. winner for jk simmons who absolutely deserved uh, that yes. <laughs> that best supporting actor oscar and one of the things that struck me about it with this watch is the first thing you see is that it's a Blumhouse movie. It's a horror movie. It's a horror movie. <laughs> so yeah, so Jason Blum is one of the uh, it's one of the producers on this. Um,
1: Which also kind of makes me think of something that really struck me about it this time is how. Self-contained it is. It
2: really is, yeah.
1: And I really love movies like that where it's just a it's a very focused, centered story. I mean, there's other characters, but it's mostly on these two guys and, and their relationship and the ambition of the main character. And uh, it's just I, I love it when it's like so like dead focused on something like that. And it's yeah. it's really well the way that it's presented. Uh.
2: Yeah, and you know, I was. In a music program in a university. And I was not a performance major. I was an education major. So I, I didn't have to pull my bunk into the practice room and sleep there <laughs> and, you know, live, dream, and breathe music 24 uh, 7. But I knew some people who kind of did, uh, not to this extreme. Uh, I had demanding professors, but none that were. Quite like Fletcher is in this movie, but uh, mm-hmm. Terrence Fletcher—that's a great name. Uh, it also makes me think of Terrence Fisher, the director. <laughs> but. So, and also this an early role for Miles Teller, star of this year's monster hit *Maverick*, *Top Gun*. Top Gun, yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of my yakin. Let's uh, let's uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's bookie.
1: That's from the next movie. Oh, you can't I'm do that sorry. yet. We got to start quoting this, which is it's it's going not as to much happen fun, too. fun. <laughs> not as much fun quotes, but still, there is some funny oh, shit God. in this that we were talking about. It's like I beg to we, differ. I
2: think there's some fun quotes in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: They're just a little less. Uh, they're a little more R-rated. They, they, they <laughs> are. Final
2: tap. Depending on what scene you're talking about. But yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of the one from the first rehearsal. <laughs> Right. Oh, we're we're, we're we're I'm excited to get there. Okay. So. Yeah, I love
1: how this starts. How it starts out with just that quick little scene of the two of them. Yep. Like that's a perfect introduction for both of them in a way, because you you kind of get something from both of these characters. Uh, Miles Ter- Teller as Andrew Neiman and J.K. Simmons as Terrence Fletcher. As we said, um, he's just uh, Andrew's in there practicing. And it's like he you know that this guy is somebody important to him, like just by the way he he shows up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And the way that he perks up uh, a little bit when he sees him and he's like, oh, gosh, like I got I got to be on right now for this guy. Like I got to impress him right away. And then uh, the thing with the the way he uh, Simmons plays this character the whole way through is I, I was trying so hard. I watched this like a couple of times in prep for this. I still cannot get a good read on this guy. No. Anyway. And I, I kind of love that about him. Like, yeah, you cannot yeah. say definitively, like, what kind of guy he really is, you know, mm-hmm. in the end.
2: It's interesting because there are some deleted scenes that sort of gave him some quiet moments to himself that were put a little bit of more humanity onto him. And Chazelle decided to cut them out because he didn't think that was right for the movie and i like a complicated villain or a complicated antagonist Mm -hmm. you know but in this case i think he's right you know to kind of because you you get a couple of glimpses but at the same time, but, he could just be fucking can, with everybody.
1: Yeah, I'm say there are a couple of glimpses throughout um, where you're like, oh, maybe he does have a heart. But then you could also read it as something completely different, like he's putting on a show for exactly. people or something, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, or like he knows. Um, I, I'm thinking mostly of the the scene where uh, him with the little girls. Yes. Maybe even somebody as shitty as him knows. Like, not to go that far with a kid, but he right. really doesn't care. You know, he's right. just like, <laughs> you know.
2: But, you know, his it's obviously the, the dad is not former student yeah. of his. He gives him a hug. It's like they, there seems to be like a genuine like, hey, you know. But then, you know, even in that first rehearsal scene, you know, when they're in the hallway talking in between.
1: That's so manipulative. He's
2: gathering information that he can use against yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely. all he's doing. And so... At, but while you're in that scene, you're kind of like, oh, okay, so he's he's got some softness to him somewhere. He's just kind of putting on a show during the rehearsal, and it's like, no, not so much. But, I mean, just some of the things in this opening sequence, too. Did I ask you to stop playing? Then he starts playing. <laughs> it's like, I asked you why you stopped playing, and your response was to play like a wind-up monkey. <laughs> you know, it's just like... <laughs> Did I ask
1: you to start playing? Did I ask to yeah, start, yeah, start playing One of those again? people, like, yeah. it's like I can't read your fucking mind. Yeah, and, <laughs>
0: exactly. But
1: that's just the kind of person he is the whole the whole time. Uh, so that I mean that really kind of starts the mm-hmm. the tension. And mm-hmm. the first time I watch this movie, I, I I've said this before about this. This is like one of the most like stressful movies I've seen. Yeah. And he's big reason why. And like people that say that kind of shit to you, where you do not know how to respond, you do not know what the right response is going to be. Otherwise, you know, they're going to either like blow up or something that freaks me out so i can totally tell uh, i can totally like put myself in his position and just like not i mean like uh uh. (laughs) so that's what really kind of drives the tension for me watching this
2: yeah i i know (laughs) he's working and then he plays his double time swing and then you hear the door slam and he looks up Mm -hmm. and he's gone and he comes back in Whoopsie daisy, forgot my jacket. Always, always fucking with people. Did he probably forget it on purpose? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: he definitely didn't forget it. He totally did that on purpose. Yeah. He's always fucking with people that way, I think.
2: Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's wild. Um, But then I I like, you know, there are these little moments. The the parts with other characters are so brief, you know, like Paul Reiser Mm -hmm. uh, as his dad.
1: I love those scenes. They're wonderful.
2: <laughs> and so he's just hanging with his dad at the movie theater watching Rafifi. Rafifi, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, his dad likes raisinettes on his popcorn and stuff. is like, and you can see the first glimpses of sort of a callousness that Andrew is starting to develop or almost trying mm-hmm. to develop. So it's like to show he's tough enough to be able to, yeah. to cut it with Fletcher, uh, even, yeah. even after just that one exchange. Mm-hmm. There's something about the way he interacts in that scene with his father that's just a little standoffish. And that builds yeah. uh, as that goes on.
1: Because I definitely see that's also as like uh, showing the difference between the two essentially father figures yeah. in the movie.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: Because, you know, obviously jk Simmons is very like abrasive and brash and paul Reiser is just like he's so sweet and um it just showing the difference in in them i think especially there's that little moment where somebody like walks behind him and like hits hits him in the head with his popcorn right and he's just kind of like whatever you know life happens it's, yeah. uh, that kind of makes me think it's like okay if that was fletcher he would have Throwing a chair at the guy, you know. Sure. I, I, <laughs> and, think and I think that I think it's supposed to show like Andrew like seeing the yeah. difference between these two people and like who mm-hmm. who should you really listen to? Who should you really follow? Like, yeah. Somebody who's you know.
2: There's there's also a sense that okay, and this comes up later uh, that you can see Paul Reiser's character. I think in two ways. The way Fletcher sees him is as a failed writer, you know, mm-hmm. and the way that. Uh, the people at the dinner table see him is as, oh, the teacher of the year for his high school. Yeah. So it's like, which is he? Well, he's both. You know, he, he yeah. couldn't he didn't cut it as a writer, but he found that he is a great teacher. Is he going to be someone people talk about around a dinner table? No. You know, he's not Eugene O'Neill or Charlie Parker or whomever. But he is someone who might produce someone like that in the future, you know, and in a way that is diametrically opposed to the way that Fletcher thinks it should be done. So. Anyway, I, I find that to be a little interesting that they're both yeah. teachers of a sort. The one is extreme in his tactics and the other is is the encourager and the kind of the beloved kind of teacher.
1: And definitely one that cares the most about the student, yeah. <laughs> his kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Fletcher does not care about the person that's playing the music, only that the music is played right.
2: Yeah. Well, another thing about Fletcher is he wants to take the credit. He wants to produce a Charlie Parker, but he wants to get the credit for producing a Charlie Parker. Sure. I don't think that Paul Reiser's character cares at all you know who gets the credit yeah. it's just
1: Fletcher cares more about like getting getting the product that he wants yeah. and then like I said not to skip all the way to the end but you know like what his father says to him is like you know that the only thing that's important to me is you and like um, you know after everything has happened and they're they're trying to get him to speak out about Fletcher yeah it's like that's what that's the kind of person that you need you need someone that's actually going to care about your mental health right
0: yeah. too so
1: that's a, yeah. obviously the huge difference between the two of them absolutely and it's all these little um when he's practicing and just like all those little scenes where you see him at the drum kit, just sweating and like going so fast and like losing his mind right. <laughs> while, while he's playing. Like that kind of like we were talking about with, with black Swan, like that kind of dedication to something is mm-hmm. in- incredible to me to see. But also I'm like, I don't know how, that I would ever be able to, to do that with, to myself. Right. But, um, right.
2: I think there's also, you know, there is a, This movie sort of seems to strike a balance because he's kind of saying, you know, Fletcher does have some points. You know, if you're going to be great, you need to be able to push yourself Mm -hmm. at a level that most people are not willing to push themselves but at the same yeah. time is it worth dying drunk strung out on heroin at 34
1: that yeah that dinner table conversation it, that's so much of what this movie is it about it really is
2: it's a, it's a big centerpiece
1: you can see both sides of it and yeah. it's like oh gosh like i i wouldn't know where i would stand on that you can definitely see again like do you want to put this much work into something and Not have anybody notice you, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: not have anybody know your name, not have anybody know how talented you were, or do you want to be one of the best? Right. That's... (laughs) Right. You got to make a decision there. That's I think that's the hard thing about it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean... (sighs) And there's, there's, this movie is a lot of contrast, isn't it? Because it starts out, you have the, the sort of mm-hmm. lower level band, right? Which is a nice little group. The professor seems pretty fun. He seems like he knows what he wants. He busts their chops a little bit, but not in a way that is, you know, damaging. It's more sure. <laughs> funny. And, you know, it's, it's, it's looser. It's fun. Uh, it's less advanced and clean, but still good. There's also a setup in that scene where you can see if you're tuned into it. Because he's uh, Andrew is the alternate drummer, even in this lower band. He's yeah. to uh, Connolly, the other drummer, and you know some of the others. It's like, well, yeah, we've been nice to have you back, Connolly, because you know we've been dying here with with Neiman on the kit. You know, because uh, you can see <laughs> there's a, there's a part where he has him play where they before they switch back to the core, where he does have some tempo problems. He doesn't keep a totally steady tempo, which you know. I mean, (laughs) having that internal (laughs) clock is hard, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of, yeah. yeah. Um, And so it's, it's interesting to, to see that when you get to the, the studio band stuff, the, were you rushing or were you dragging and all that? It's like, yeah, he's going to be doing those things because he does have some of those issues, even when he's playing with the more, I guess, relaxed in the more relaxed setting. But, you know, you can see he, uh, he has this adoration for like Buddy Rich, the the jazz great jazz drummer who famously said those without ability will play in a rock band uh, <laughs> are doomed to play in a rock band. So that's one of the signs that's on his walls. Uh, I, I saw that, I yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I like that quote. <laughs> yeah, well, when J.K. Simmons walks in, and he takes a look at the music and he goes, cute. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, I love that moment. And you, can, you can tell that the, the other conductor cannot stand this guy.
1: Oh, because he just walks in and takes over his class. And like, like hmm. no, nah, thank you. I'm yeah, here. He, I'm more yeah, important
2: than you. Exactly. I mean, he's got his head down and he's obviously like, this this guy, this mm-hmm. guy. He's gonna take my best players. He's gonna, you know, sure. do what he does.
1: And then when he's going, yeah, going through and making all the musicians uh, testing all of them. Yeah. Ugh. It's so bad. It's
2: because it's like let's let's see. So your you first have to chair, be on. Yeah, yeah. It's like so your first chair. Let's see if it's just because you are cute. She plays the second. Yep. It's like, jeez. What? The
1: one kid, who's, he asked him to play something and the kid like drops his paper or something He's like, oh, yeah. that's your chance. Gone. Yeah, <laughs> he exactly. had one second to do it.
2: A bass play kind of me, pressure, played me uh, five bars kind of, of whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just, just being ready <laughs> at all that time. You know, then having the two drummers play against each other. It's like drums. You're with me. Connolly stands up of course nope other drums Mm -hmm. and just that zoom in on him on neiman is just kind of like what really and so B 16 tomorrow at 6 a.m don't be late there we go uh that's that's a that's a nice uh setup for another (laughs) moment of fucking with him yeah this little and i know she's in the earlier scene when he buys popcorn but nicole is a she's wonderful and she's a Character I wish was in the movie more. I know, she, but I get why it, had
1: seen more of the two the, of them together.
2: Yeah, I get a why it bit. focuses the way it does.
1: She's so cute. It's so she's funny. so perfect in this when mm-hmm. he asks her out and she's just like, "Please go away." Yeah, Please right. Get out. <laughs> it's so cute. It's
0: a, <laughs>
2: she's like, it, "I'm just messing just with like, you." <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm kidding. Oh, oh, because he's still not really sure if she is, I think, even after she says that.
1: She's doing it in a cute, fun way, like the two of us do to each other, not in a Fletcher way, fucking with somebody to be mean.
2: And I think... These scenes also feel looser; they feel more improvised and more natural, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the scenes with Fletcher feel very structured and rehearsed. And um, mm-hmm. but that's almost like these different mentalities of how jazz is to be approached. Because for in some schools of thought, you know, it'd be more like that lower band, where it's improvisation and there's some looseness going on. Whereas Fletcher, it's like Just everything is precise. And written and scored, and you know down to the finest detail, whereas the so those scenes have it makes sense for those scenes to have that kind of feel feeling to them, and these other scenes, like with his dad and uh, with Nicole to feel a little bit more like interaction and improvisation uh, I, I I like that dichotomy I guess in the movie it works really well, I think
0: mm-hmm.
1: If, it's like it also gives Andrew a. It's like it's giving the character a chance to relax too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <'Cause laughs> like he that's kind of nice much, to see. Yeah. It's nice to see him like in a situation where like he's not like almost fearing for his life. You know, right. in certain scenes.
2: For example, the
1: next scene. Oh my god! This is like I think this has probably got to be the best scene in the movie. I mean, oh, it the, is. his first rehearsal. It's absolutely. Yeah.
2: The best. Oh, my God. And the first rehearsal, the, the 20 minutes or so that that is, is pretty much beat for beat the short film that uh, Whiplash that. was yeah. based on. Yeah. So it's on the Blu-ray. If you haven't, it might be on YouTube, too. I don't. I'm not really sure. The short film is pretty much this scene with a few little tweaks. So this scene feels so refined, I think, because he's already done it. The differences that you find are just, uh, it's just sharper, I guess, than the than right. the short film. It's like, sure. it's it's just that much more precise. And the short film is great. I, I, I think it's terrific. But um, this just, the mood of it is different too, because the short film takes place in a white room, sort of like a typical music university room, where this one is like, there's the oak paneled walls that are really, Sorry. really dark and um Mm -hmm. it just has the lighting is very moody yeah Uh, everything about this is so keyed in to perfection the editing the way the camera moves Mm -hmm. uh is just (laughs) i I don't remember if this got an editing oscar but man i could see it (laughs) winning that easily Mm. and not just the musical moments but just everything about it is time to the Perfection.
1: Well, it starts out with uh, the way that he was kind of fucking with him before, and told him to to be there at six a.m. Right. at the room. He wakes up at what six o three or something, yep. and he rushes in the dark and... to the classroom, only to find out that it is not until nine a.m. that motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> yep. But and, and to the... his credit, he's yep. showing his dedication right away because he stays there. Yep, you know he doesn't like go back to sleep or whatever. I'll come back. It's like you could see that he probably just he sat there and he waited. Like maybe he meant like. 6.30 and like, he, like he's waiting like he's knew that he could probably show up at any time and he wanted to be ready you know yeah wanted to be able to show him that yeah i was here and i waited for you I've, i think that's important that's like that's the start of his showing mm-hmm. his dedication to to him and to himself
2: yeah, absolutely Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, then the way the, the other drummer comes in. Now, the, the other drummer is actually in the short film as, as well. Oh, really? He's the drummer in the in the short. He's like the core drummer in the short film. Nice. And also, uh, I think Mets, the guy that gets thrown out for not knowing mm-hmm. if he's out of tune or not, he, it, mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure that's the same actor as well. Really? Um, I'm, so I'm cool. not positive. <laughs> but there, there are a couple of little things like that but he comes in you know tune my kit to be flat turn my pages you know and all these things
1: i i'm i'm the music dummy yeah. uh, here on the show i did not know that you could tune a drum kit <laughs> to
2: a certain note. yeah yeah i know
1: i was like it, oh that's cool yeah you 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 can
2: and and the thing is what's funny is he doesn't really seem to be tuning it to be flat when he does it but that's okay, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um but yeah it, it's it's um it's something that not every drummer does. So Okay. Um, That's
1: one thing I do kind of like about this movie, too, is that, like I said, it is very focused, but it also shows, um, I don't know, I, I like getting into a world that I'm not familiar with at all, especially with, with music. I like even just like little insert shots, like when the the band is coming in and they're mm-hmm. they're getting ready and they're, you know, just yeah. showing like how they get their instruments ready, how they get themselves ready. You know, I, yeah. I, I like that kind of stuff. I like the, the details I like that too. that are put in.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way they kind of get their mouths ready to play and yeah. things like that—these close-ups, yeah, on the yeah—and uh, then that uh, very odd line that I had never heard before <laughs> seeing this movie: "Milk the, the me- milk the cunt" is what he's is what they say, and I'm like,
1: which apparently means. Start playing. Get it,
2: get in tune. It's it's, <laughs> okay. it's they're the way to get it. Get in tune. Then, like that moment where Fletcher walks in the door and the trumpets all stand at attention. And Mm -hmm. everyone else kind of sits there with their heads down. They don't make
1: eye contact with him. Yeah.
2: At all. It's very, (laughs) it's, it's frightening. I mean, you can just feel the tension of it.
1: Even with these people that are supposed to be the best, like the ones Uh that, like that apparently he specifically picked out to play, you know, for him, even they're not comfortable with him entirely.
2: Yeah. That kind of shows you how intense he is. Yeah. And he's, you know, he says, uh, we have a squeaker with us today. Then, you know, just. Pulling out, all right. And they pull out "Whiplash." Is so obviously where the movie gets its title is this piece called "Whiplash," and
1: which I love.
2: It's a great piece. It's great. Yeah, and it's um, it's very fast. It's the tempo. I, I mean, the uh, the meter is complicated. It goes back and forth between regular four four time and 15-16, which is very odd because. That means you are playing four beats, but then the last beat is minus one quarter of a beat. So that's, that's like impossible to count. So I don't even know how to describe that. (laughs) It's Um, like, I
1: have no idea what you just said, but okay. Yeah. Sounds complicated.
2: uh, So anyway.
1: (laughs) Brian tries to explain music stuff to me and I kind of get it, but like, that's another part of the detail that I kind of liked though. This was all the music talk. It's like I don't know if it was right. Apparently, it was. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I what (laughs) I but it sounds right. It's one of those things where like that sounds really complicated, so that must be right. (laughs) And just it's the different language of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that you know any i mean that's that's for like anything in sports or whatever they know that they all have their like language if you're in on it and that i don't know it's just really cool to get that that window into it but when they're saying shit like bar 17 the downbeat of 18 i don't know what that means <laughs>
2: yeah but and it's cool
1: to like is, get I don't a little even, window into it i
2: don't even think about it because i speak that language and i was like oh, right <laughs> I, I know exactly what he's saying right you know, when he's when he says measure 17 and a four i'm like Okay.
1: When I had to like text you and be like, what does the and of four mean? (laughs) I get it now, I think.
2: Okay. And I kind of explained it to you like I would to my first graders and I thought, am I I talking down to you? And you're like, no, I get that. Okay. Not at all.
1: That's how how I need this kind of stuff explained to me. Good. (laughs) Because I do not speak music at all. Yeah. Never learned how to read
2: music, even a little bit or anything. So Right. This part where he's talking about, you know, like we have an out of tune player. That is terrifying. Oh, my God. That sequence is just like, oh, my gosh. It's like, all right, who is it? Oh, maybe a bug flew in my ear. And they play it. And it's like, nope. You know, after seconds of hearing, it's like, we definitely have an out of tune player. And he hears that it's in the trombones. And, you know, he goes down. It's like. And he, go, he picks the one guy that he I think he kind of just wants to kick out of the group anyway and says, all right, Mets, was it you? Were you out or, of two? Or
1: he picks the one, he picks like the easiest target maybe. Yeah,
2: yeah. And he calls him Elmer Fudd, which I think is funny because that reminds me of... Full Metal Jacket, because you know Arlie Ermy's character giving yeah. them all nicknames, like he calls uh, one mm-hmm. of them Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's some of that. It's like look me in the eye. There's not a Snickers bar on the floor. It's a similar kind of role to the part of the drill instructor in Full Metal Jacket, and and mm-hmm. it's
1: where it's kind of funny, but yeah. terrifying at the same time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And some of the words that come out of his mouth are just unbelievable.
1: Well, and it's especially perfect that it's J.K. Simmons playing this role, who we know is like so fucking funny. Yeah. In some of his other roles, you know, and then to see him do this was amazing for one thing like i knew like he would be able to pull this off but he pulls it off like so well i think because he pulls in a little bit of that too like makes you laugh but also makes you terrified of him at the same time which is exactly what this character needed like
2: like j jonah jameson from spider-man you know Uh is (laughs) is is in there a little bit but then you know maybe a little bit of you know juno's dad uh from juno and things like that but this is just like amped up to a level. Yeah, uh, to get yourself into that place, it would be something. Mm-hmm. And you know, after the, he kicks him out, so for the record, Mets wasn't out of tune. It was you, Erickson, but he didn't know, and that's bad enough.
1: Which I mean, it could that could be true, yeah. Or he could have been too afraid to to disagree with him. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and but
2: the thing is, I I think. And honestly, I've had professors who would know who was out of tune and they would say, they would say, uh, you need to tune. They wouldn't do this kind of show, right. <laughs> you know, to try and embarrass someone it's his power play. It's his mm-hmm. him trying to, uh, you know, supposedly for the greater good that's all debatable and it sort of depends on your perspective i guess i know <laughs> uh now the way he corners neiman take five when hallway, we come back the squeaker's on
1: yeah <laughs> squeaker's
2: on but the way this this struck me from the where he puts his arm up against the wall on the other side of him it just kind of closes him in that huh? is so uncomfortable oh yeah i I mean he's just like right up in his face it's like so what's your father do Where's your mother? It's like, I don't know. She walked out on us when I was a baby. So it's like, oh, well, I guess you have to rely on the greats, Buddy Rich, Joe Jones. Did you know that Joe Jones threw a symbol at Charlie Parker's head? And that's how we got Bird. Um, And you know that story, he loves that story, even though it's Mm -hmm. bullshit. Um, It's not exactly true. He doesn't nearly decapitate Joe Jones. What Joe Jones did was, yes, Charlie Parker- Yeah, Charlie Parker... I said he
1: just threw it at his feet a little bit. Yeah,
2: Charlie Parker was not playing well. Joe Jones just... He pulled off his crash and let it fall to the floor is pretty much what happened. He didn't okay. nearly decapitate him. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, um, but the thing is, it's sort of... He, he prefers the legendary version of the story to... Sort of justify his tactics, I think.
1: I also kind of saw this because, okay, he's very much a uh- framing this conversation in the hallway as a pep talk yep his his demeanor and his tone is very like reassuring and everything but i think especially with that story with the questions that he's asking him yeah it's it's incredibly manipulative getting information Mm -hmm. out about him because he he attacks people not just on whether or not they have talent or not, he gets really personal, like yep. with the, the Mets kid, you know, talking about his weight and, mm-hmm. you know, um, ridiculing him for that. So he's drawing information. He's also using that story, I think, to tell Neiman exactly what he's going to do yeah. if he messes up even the slightest bit. It's like, this is mm-hmm. what you can expect from me, but I'm going to tell it to you in a really, like, soothing way so that you don't even know you know, like you're gonna exactly. least expect it.
2: It's just like, and he says, "Have fun." You know, uh-huh. let's just have fun. It's gonna be cool. You'll it'll be great because
1: he does end up doing pretty much that almost exact thing to him, like in the very like it's the the pep talk in the and the actual time when he plays. It's, it's pretty much like that's that's what he does he does the same thing he's just it's just the, the difference in the the way that he's doing it
2: yeah i, I, I thought absolutely. that was
1: even more brilliant this time i was like oh he's he's like telling him exactly what he's gonna do he's just framing it in a way like that, that where he's not gonna expect how he really is as a teacher that's right so i thought it was like that's very that's so manipulative and so wrong but also like in terms of the storytelling of the movie i think it's kind of brilliant and i love it you know (laughs) yeah
2: then of course the the scene after that the just the rest of the rehearsal after that is probably the most famous stuff in the movie where we get where we get the whole thing where it's like okay you know not quite my tempo let's try it again again
1: still being really reassuring like oh it's okay it's okay don't worry about it it's
2: okay don't worry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it's like all right do some fills hey we got betty rich here like, do you um, think
1: he's being sincere
2: in that moment though mm, because um, he lets
1: him play and he he kind of like bobs his head a little bit and gives a little bit of a smile do you he's, think he he's really means him. it
2: i think he's trying to get him that's, to 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 calm himself and and sort that's what of i mean about him i can never read great. him
1: even in a moment like that i can never read this character well
2: then like, then, I, he, then, he, then he then he does actually he does screw up a fill and so he stops, the band. Okay, and says, "All right, little trouble there. Let's try it again. Okay. Oh, you're rushing. Let's try it again. Oh, wait for my cue. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So like, up, we're dragging, rushing, dragging. Okay. And he just lets it go for a while. Lets it go for a while. And then he throws a chair at his head. All right. Were you rushing or were you dragging? And it's like, I, it, what you don't know. <laughs> you know, that's part of. The, it's like, then it's like, all right, start counting five six to four damn it you know one two three one two three four. it's like was i rushing or was i dragging it's like uh, it's like count again and it's like all right was i rushing or were I dragging rushing then you do know the difference just the way that he handles all that i mean it just amps up so fast that It's just terrifying.
1: You can even feel that before he throws the chair.
2: Yep. Just Mm -hmm.
1: because we've seen him with the other guy, like right before that, like you're like, I don't believe him. I don't believe him. Something's going to happen. But then uh, when he keeps going after that, it's just it's almost unbearable. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and then you know, obviously he's just been slapped in the face multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, a tear falls down his eye. Oh, are you a one of those single tear people? Do I look like a double fucking rainbow to you? That's my favorite <laughs> that's line.
1: Such a, that's such a great. I
2: love that line. <laughs> well,
1: means, I will fuck you like a pig.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, buddy.
1: What? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah.
2: And, and and just this idea: if you if you mess with my band, if you screw the up, I will. Yeah, I'm gonna. Fuck you up is his whole idea, and he just s- switches the drummers back, um, and that mm-hmm. is, and, and the whole. I, I'm upset. Are you upset? Oh, oh are God. you upset? I'm upset. <laughs> That's all in the short film. It's all there. Really? Uh, it's it's almost word for word.
1: I would have cracked.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I would have been done yeah. after
1: something like that.
2: I I get it. I mean, I've had um, I've been part of productions or whatever where. The uh, director or musical director or whomever just kind of chews you out, you know, or the conductor or whatever, mm-hmm. just kind of choose the whole group out. And I'm just like, in those moments, I'm just like, oh, fuck you. Because I, I, <laughs> I hate the, I just am not motivated by that yeah. at all. And where's, where other people are like, okay, okay, okay. You know, it's like, and I'm just like, eh, th- this isn't worth my life. Um, right so um, at the same time but at the same time you know I stick with the group and I see it through and I still finish my obligation to be part of the thing you know and, and uh. sometimes if the if the experience can t- goes well you know I'll sign up again the next time you know so it's it's not a done, an, an over with deal if I if you get treated that way but it's never been this extreme though never anything close to this with any of my experiences good
1: (laughs) so well yeah because at the same time that i say like i would have cracked or i wouldn't i probably would be playing worse if i was being taught by someone like him you can also see how that kind of discipline yeah could actually Mm -hmm. work for somebody having that kind of um, motivation yeah sure maybe it's motivated by fear but yeah. again also like we were talking about um on our last episode like if you do get the motivation and you do it right and you even get a little glimmer of approval from this guy like that's yeah. got to mean so much
2: <laughs> than, oh, absolutely, so much more
1: than from anybody else
2: yeah yeah it, that's right i mean i re- i had a i had a teacher who was challenging but he was also probably my favorite teacher ever and he was a, one of the choral conductors and I remember days where he would ask us to practice a part. And then he, the next rehearsal, he would have us sing in quartets or groups. And a lot of times I would not go very well. He didn't yell. He didn't scream at anybody. He didn't, you know, shame anybody. He just sat quietly at the piano, his head a little bit down, not really making eye, t- eye contact. And he would say, I'm very disappointed. And it was the worst.
1: That's awful. No, (laughs) I hate that.
2: Yeah, that was worse than if he had got on a tirade. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. But it was effective. And you just kind of went, okay. (laughs) You know, because he was right. Damn. He was was right to be disappointed. And we were disappointed in ourselves, you know. So, But, hey, it all worked out eventually. But (laughs) uh, it, it was just... We're not going to be able to get as far as we could have because you didn't put in the time. Is it, and and we mm-hmm. we just filled in those blanks. It wasn't him telling us those words, you know. But if you got approval from him, even just a good, it was like, all right, here right. we go, um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but he was a terrific teacher. I'm not nothing like Fletcher, but uh, it's just one of those. Examples of sometimes those techniques, uh, those different kinds of things can be, they work for some situations. Anyway, uh, the going to the practice room thing uh, where he just moves. Uh, well, his- just, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Just with no. the the film, the filmmaking, um, one of my favorite yeah. shots in that, still in that same scene is when they're just his hand that the camera moves around when he's got his arm out, like waiting to, to cue them. Right. I don't know why. I absolutely and just loved the, that.
2: And it gives like, you're, cause smallest... you're just, you're waiting mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: because gives... you know, they're all just sitting there like wrapped, just watching him waiting for that, that cue and making sure that they're on it. Like yeah. it's also, it's very tension, but it's also, I don't know. I thought it was just beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. I it's love shit great. like that. I love shit yeah. like that. It's <laughs> like yeah. focusing on that hand and like the waiting for it to move.
2: Absolutely, that that's a. Because I also love
1: uh jk simmons uh the costuming of of him in this mm-hmm. movie where he's just wearing the black t-shirt black. Mm-hmm. and pants the whole time i don't know like there's something about in in his character with that too because he looks like one of those like like musicians that's probably played with all the greats like he's really buff you know <laughs> or yeah, something. He's you know, ripped, you know what i mean he's absolutely ripped i love yeah. it <laughs> so he he looks, I don't know like what his history is, but he absolutely looks like a guy that's, you know, probably played Seen some, the some Like, shit. you know, yeah. right, you know?
2: <laughs> and we get a tiny sense of that at the end too. Mm-hmm. You know, when we see him in the cafe and stuff, that he actually has the goods to back some of this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, so instead of being discouraged by this. Kind of
1: like this, in the Charlie Parker story.
2: Yeah, he ups his practice. He moves his mattress out of his bed. Apartment down into his practice room and puts, you know, lays that down next to his drum kit with, you know, a couple inspirational quotes from Buddy Rich, you know, mm-hmm. and starts playing until his hands bleed. You know, oh, the, this is, is this the where he's like putting on, the on all the band aids? Uh. Yeah, yeah. So and and then we have another one of those cute scenes with nicole where it's they're on their little pizza date (laughs) the part where she's talking about her chin her mom said something about her chin yeah and he says oh your chin is very nice (laughs) i think that's so funny um but you know this whole idea that she she's going to college she doesn't know she doesn't have a major she doesn't Know what she wants to do, but she's like 18 or 19, right? Too. It's like she doesn't have her life all figured out yet, and that's fine. <laughs> that is absolutely, oh, absolutely fine. Oh my god, yeah! I mean, gosh, and so the idea of him knowing exactly everything he wants to do with his life at 19 is kind of like, do you really? I, I, I mm-hmm. think, I think that this, and again, this is a movie of contrast, uh, where you have. You know, the two father figures and then you've got the differences in drive and focus uh, that that Nicole and Andrew have.
1: You can kind of see a little bit of tension between the two of them when they're talking there about is. that st- stuff, too. And he's yeah. like, well, she's like, why did you pick Schaefer? like, Because it was the best music school in, in the country. Like I had to I had to go there, of course. And she was like, well, you no, know, Fordham was Fordham. You know, it, they accepted me. <laughs> yeah. Which, hey, you know what? That's why I picked the college I went to, too yeah it was the first one i applied to and they accepted me so you know what i went there
2: (laughs) yeah there you go
1: but that just shows the difference like yeah i mean you can totally college is a place where you can like find that stuff out about yourself you can figure out actually what you want to do you can change your major in the middle of of college and if you find something else that you like you know like maybe that's what she's doing maybe she's just trying to figure stuff out and you can see that he's a little like and that's not really in line with, you know, like where I'm at right now. So there's a little bit of of contention you can tell that he's he's a little like unimpressed with the fact that she doesn't really know what she
2: wants to do. I think she feels it too. Oh she absolutely does yeah. yeah. Uh, then, then There's a cute right, little right thing back. that she Go brings ahead.
1: up too when um, she, she has a very very real line when she's talking about how nobody talks about being homesick like when they're away at college and she was like I fucking hate that no one talks about that and it's so true and like mm-hmm. it is true <laughs> yeah and you kind of wish that maybe he would feel that a little bit more maybe um because he seems so focused on 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 Fletcher like we said before like you know seeing the difference between these two father figures like you really want him to follow his actual father and not this guy who doesn't give a damn about him you know right
2: right Uh, right there's sort of a pretend sense that he does yeah Uh, he absolutely doesn't no yeah
1: and then so, it ends with them like playing a little footsie under the table. Which yeah, is cute. which is cute. Too. Which is cute.
2: But then it just like jumps right back to the to the central story, you know, where they're at the jazz competition and it sets up this whole. Oh, idea.
1: another one of my favorite lines.
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Sorry. I just remembered this scene. It's <laughs> like, oh, oh the, the,
2: with the. With the I, I, it's like, get out of my sight. Or the, it's like, before w-
1: I demolish you. <laughs> right. I still fucking see you, mini me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's like he picks up the folders. If I see one of these folders lying around again, I will <laughs> you know, I will end you or whatever. Um, uh-huh. And so he, he this shows him because uh, the other drummer gives him the folder, gives Andrew the folder, and he uh, sets it down to get a Coke or whatever. And he's looking around the corner and he looks back and it's gone. Um, and I think Fletcher took it.
1: I That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I think you
2: know? I, I'm pretty sure he did.
1: Like he was watching him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. specifically uh, and yeah. looking for an opening like that
2: yep <laughs> the the other groups like, i have memory problems i need visual cues visual cues <laughs> <And> that's like <laughs> he's like i know it by heart you know whiplash yeah. by heart
1: i mean to his credit he steps up he does like, that's a that's a mm-hmm. that's a tough tough guy to to step up like that too and yeah. he, he does it like he does it. to say something like that you know where yeah. this is an actual performance You know, they're not just practicing, you know, he's, he has to not only say this, but he has to be able to do it and he knows it. And so that's really brave. I think just to say that to Mm -hmm.
2: him. Absolutely. And then he, he kills it um, in the performance. Yep. And so uh, he goes to the next rehearsal, the piano player says, Hey, don't fucking touch my folder, man, Right. Um, (laughs) because they, they know what happened. I mean, this is, I I, bringing it up again, this is pushing (laughs) pushing gina gershon down the stairs i mean this is this is this is that moment right right you know and you you want to talk about showgirls i've seen showgirls one time in my life once seriously yeah like 20 years ago so i don't really remember it very well it came out 95 i must have seen it in ninety-six. That's the last time I saw that movie. And I remember oh that. It's something about that. I still remember that.
1: Maybe we will actually talk about that
2: one. <laughs> yeah. <some> <laughs> I think we should. I think it would make a great pairing with that one we talked about. Right. Um. So anyway. Oh, and this <laughs> is the
1: look on Tanner's face when yeah, he's like, that's, yeah, do not touch one. this kit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. and,
2: then, and then when he just casually walks in, Tanner, what are you doing? It's core only today. I don't have time for alternates. Kick in the nuts. Oh. Yeah. And then we then after that, I mean, we basically go to this dinner scene, right? Um, I love this it's scene. Like, he, he's talking to his dad in the kitchen. I think he likes me more now. And he says, his dad just says to me, so his opinion means a lot to you, huh? And he's like, well, yeah. You know, Jim. Uh, it's sort of like, okay.
1: There's a little disappointment in there when he, when yeah, he says that, I think. And like his opinion and not, not mine.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you want your kids to grow up to be kind to to people. <laughs> and that's not the kind of role model you'll you'll get from from uh, well
1: and i think he's him. feeling that his own kid doesn't look up to him as much yeah i think so that's gotta
2: hurt i think that's you know? absolutely true but you know the, there's sort of this um <laughs> this idea at in this scene too about athletics being so great and music being i not. know i don't and, understand that and we got that a lot like in high school and stuff even college there's this sense that athletics is really something you know if you play on the football team that's really something but if you're in a music ensemble you, well you can't do anything with that how many people make a living playing fucking football <laughs> you know i mean so <laughs> very
1: very small percentage
2: of the population
0: yeah <laughs> i think i
2: think more people make a living making doing music right. if you, than than do at athletics to be honest so it's just sort of this weird It's nice that you have it as a hobby, but you can't make a living at it. Exactly. I'm a teacher, but I technically make a living doing music, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And there are lots of music teachers in this world, believe me. (laughs) So it's just one of those things, you know? I mean, not everyone's going to make it as a pro, but, you know. Sure.
1: He gets a little bit of attitude in the scene, but I think it's... Warranted with the yeah. way that they're because everybody is it's kind of annoying too. Also, this the scene because it's a um uh, I can't think of the word they're, they're trying to they're all trying to one up each other, like yeah, this is what I'm doing that's so great, this is what he's doing that's so great. And yeah. you know, he tries to talk about like, oh, you know, I'm in the jazz band, I'm one of the core members. You know, the football player walks in and everybody forgets about him, yeah, uh, so he does get he turns as a little bit of an asshole, in absolutely. Scene. He does, but it's it's absolutely I think what he needed to do again he's he's stepping up and he's I think maybe he's trying to justify putting up with this guy to himself mm-hmm. and to other people but I mean it's also like yeah, I mean this takes just as much dedication and hard work and, and practice to be as talented you know at as yeah. as football yeah and when that kid is like, well how do you know who wins? a music competition is it music subjective no (laughs) and he just says no (laughs) that's perfect (laughs) yeah
2: it's very funny um but it's but at the same time i feel like the studio band is all about is sort of like um you know nina going for perfection and -hmm. there just seems to be no sense of feeling to any of it there is so i would actually if if i'm listening to jazz and i like jazz I kind of like the sort of rough around the edges stuff. You know, I like listening to, I mean, great stuff, you know, like Duke Ellington or some of these other bands or big bands or even little ensembles, whatever, that have a little bit of that roughness to them. It gives it a soul, you know, whereas a lot of what I hear in this movie, as great as the music is, it feels soulless. And I think that's the point. I think Possibly. there's a, I think that's some of what is, I mean, to to put soul into this kind of music is tough, you know, because it's so precise, um, the way that uh, Fletcher directs it at least.
1: Well, and with, just especially with the whole not my tempo thing, which is like uh-huh. the famous quote from this movie, which I, yeah. I, I love. Even that whole scene, um, watching that as a non-music person, I cannot tell the fucking difference, right. you know? I'm not. it's hard, it's it's hard for that,
2: even me to tell honestly you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's so
1: if you uh, i don't know yeah, yeah. just why does it have to be so perfect if the the sound and yeah the soul is there in the piece yeah. the majority of people are not going to be able to tell the difference if you're if somebody is yeah. a little off tempo
2: well i mean as an ensemble you need to be together but part of me is just kind of like what is the groove of this? Where where does it mm-hmm. where does the music want to be? Not necessarily yeah. what it says on the page, right? So that yeah. that's my rock and roll background, though. But uh, <laughs> so so this is obviously a different different kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. you know, and then the talking about Charlie Parker and you know being yeah. the greatest musician of his yeah. generation, and and his dad says, well, yeah, drunk and dead at full of heroin and. 34 that's really something to aspire to and then he shoots back i'd rather be drunk and dead at 34 than a and have people talk about me at a dinner table than sober and yeah. 90 and forgotten
1: which i mean again yeah, yeah. I, I see both sides of that
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it just depends on who you are what's your what yeah. is your ambition
1: it's also kind of sad when he's talking about um the, the other guy at the table asks him um, um, cause, oh, they because they start drilling him when he comes back um, at them about his music. They start drilling him. Is like, do you have any friends, Andrew? <laughs> so, <"Nope, laughs> like that, his answer, any. that answer yeah. is kind of sad to me when I mean, he says, "I just I don't really see the the need for them." Because it's all about the music. It's all about what I'm pursuing right now. Which, again, like you can see both sides of it. You can see, like, okay, maybe that's the kind of dedication that you need, but also what kind of life is that to lead outside of that?
2: You burn a lot of bridges, you make a lot of enemies, and it's not necessarily going to. For something
1: that you don't even know that you're going to be successful at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Yeah. It's
2: it's not necessarily going to make it enjoyable. So he's getting a little smug here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's like. uh, Quarter note equals three thirty. What is insanely? <laughs> that is insanely fast. Okay, that's insanely fast. That means that there are three hundred and thirty beats in a minute. So think about oh. a second being sixty beats right. in a minute.
1: That's sound, okay. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> three hundred and
2: thirty ticks a minute is fast. So that's that's uh, yeah insane another insane tempo.
1: Another one of those little scenes where he's just he's just playing with him again, mm-hmm. talking all nice to him and making him feel like he's doing a good job. I, this, I'm going to hey, bring in another drummer and try this out.
2: Yeah. And it's, mm. it's, it's Connolly, his whole nemesis from uh, the, mm-hmm. you know, the core player from the other band. And I, I love he's that. He's so it's cute. He's like, like, so cute. I love him when he comes he's, in. He's, he's, he's just
1: like all smiles and everything. Yeah, <laughs> He has no idea what he's got coming
2: to him. And it's, it's, it's great because, you know, he's, he has him sit down and, and each play a double time swing, and it's like
1: like three seconds of it, and he can and make he goes, a decision.
2: And and he says to he says to Andrew, "Not quite my tempo." That average, though, as he always says. Then Connolly plays it, perfect. Connolly, totally fucking with him, because it's not, it's not. And it's like, it's not? and okay, and and, and uh, Connolly says, "Don't worry about Fletcher. He's more bark than bite." And I'm just like, bullshit.
1: No. <laughs> He's more bite than bark.
2: <laughs> yeah. He he backs up that bark. Uh, that's for sure. And then, you know, so just... That, so he didn't just, play it right? Uh, yeah, He plays it okay, but, I mean, it's not perfect. That's not... Okay. He's he, No, he's fucking with him.
1: Well, because Andrew sees it because he's like, mm-hmm. seriously, that shit?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe
1: even that impresses Fletcher that he could tell.
2: Uh-huh. Well, you know, and, I don't know. and there's, there's just this... And this, I mean, it's amazing that it happens so soon in the movie. I mean, he breaks up with Nicole right after this because he wants this damn part so bad. It's Mm -hmm. a fucking song. It's one song. And he just wants to prove that he can play this thing.
1: That's also where uh, Fletcher gets that phone call.
2: Oh, that's right. He gets the phone call and he just sort of yells at him to... to
1: That's one of those scenes where you get a possible... Little hint of, of who he yeah. actually is. Mm-hmm. But I still, I don't know that I believe it. <laughs> right. If he's thinking about the other person or himself.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they only yeah. have a few hours. To, they're given a few hours to learn this piece. Is about it. And it's before their next rehearsal. And he, He's in the practice room and he you know he punches the hole through the snare drum mm-hmm. and you know he fills he he knows that this is going to take some work so he fills up a pitcher with ice water
1: the bloody hand and the the
2: bloody ice hand off. in the ice water is is one yeah. of those shots that's just like oh jeez
1: what do you think about that uh that breakup scene though with uh, Nicole oh, okay
2: <sighs> It makes me so sad to see someone who will just sacrifice anything that is that positive in his life for something that is obviously damaging him. Mm
1: -hmm. That's how I saw it, too. He's being so callous and like her reaction is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. That just it just made me sad. The things that he was saying to her.
2: uh, And I think part of part of the reason he punches the hole in the snare drum is because He's expressing his anger at that whole situation himself, because I don't think he really, somewhere in him, I don't think he entirely wanted to do that. No. You know, he may say he does, he may think it, but feel it, I'm not sure.
1: She was that, like, really calming, sweet mm-hmm. influence that he needed Yeah, that could have helped him maybe the rest of the movie from going as far as he does ugh. yeah and i feel really bad for her like for what he says to her but you also feel yeah incredibly yeah. sad because you can just see how deep he's getting
2: yeah it's like
1: i'm gonna keep drumming and you're gonna hate me and i'm gonna resent you and ah yeah which yeah. you know is probably
2: true with as probably well i mean it's a little bit like the red the way shoes he's going thing. it's like you know you're yeah, you're exactly. gonna <laughs> want me to stop dancing and you know that kind of thing um so then the rehearsal in the evening you know, with Fletcher starts by playing the cd it's like uh i heard this kid uh, in a practice room which is you know obviously harkens back to what we saw at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. he barely made it in the first place couldn't get his scales right but i saw something that no one else could see uh i saw a drive in him that kid's name was sean casey i just found out this morning he died in a car accident and i just wanted Mm -hmm. to let you know he was a beautiful player and um, it's just sort of like this sad and he's moment, crying. and it's like he's—he's yeah, crying. He's he got is. tears.
1: Do yeah. you believe him? Is what I, I <laughs> <laughs> cannot decide.
2: And and the thing is, I think I do. Because we I find out think... later
1: that he's lying.
2: Yeah, I think he also knows that it's his fault. But so is he crying for time... him
1: or for himself? Right. Exactly. That's what I, that, you know. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I cannot I cannot tell with this. I cannot make I, it it's
2: really tough. It's really <laughs> tough. And and I think I think that's one of the benefits of having cut out some of those other sequences yeah, where we see so. a little bit uh more of him as he is, you know, on his own. Even just small moments. But
1: even by the end, the the, the the very, very end between him and Andrew, I I don't know entirely, you know.
2: If he's actually happy about this or not, yeah. Yeah. I know. I know but
1: uh, i want to I, I always want to believe that there's some good in everybody you know so i want to know that his tears are real and that he's yeah. feeling some guilt hopefully mm-hmm. in this scene but yeah though, how quickly uh, he makes it he makes it hard but how quickly this, exactly how quickly he, he just goes turns. from that to what he does
2: it's almost later like on. he's he, it's he, so he, horrible he's he's lulling them into this place of false comfort mm-hmm. and just pulls the rug out from under them. And you know, that whole thing with switching between the drummers saying, you guys take, take five, take 10, take 20, take an hour. I don't care. Um, We're going to, we're going to keep doing this until I can find a drummer that can play in my fucking time. And then he says, you hear that cocksuckers? You better start shitting me. Perfect. 400s, (laughs) which 400 tempo is what he's saying. And it's just like 400 beats. So even,
1: even faster than what you were just talking about. Yeah. Jesus.
2: <laughs> yeah and it's just like unbelievable and you know just just all of them switching just hearing little bits of them play and the and the blood uh, and the blood sweat on the drum set and yeah the, the sweat flying off of them all and they're just you can see all three of them are just exhausted and they're breathing mm-hmm. heavy and everything and um it's like they've been running laps <laughs> for hours and neiman you were in the part all will learn it's You want to clean the blood off my drum set.
1: The freaking cowbell,
2: <laughs> the cowbell and, 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 and picking up the Tom and throwing it against the wall.
1: He tells him like, don't you stop playing. And you can see his, his hands are completely like bloody and just like yeah. fucked up by the end of yeah. this. Yeah. How does he expect him to like practice the next day after, yeah, you know yeah. what he's just done to him? Jeez. And his hands
2: are all messed up like that. Well, and then, and then they, they get out of, uh, of the rehearsal in the middle of the but night. But that's
1: a really important line, too, is yeah. when he says, you earned the part. Yeah. But yeah, they get out at like 2 a.m., yep. I think, that's when he says no, they, he finally they, found
2: they, his drummer. No, they start the rehearsal at 2 a.m.
1: Well, yeah, he's finished with the drummers at 2 a.m., yeah. yeah, and then they... Yeah they st- yeah. he starts with he's, he's made the band the, uh, the rest of the band stay around until yeah. they were done he was done messing with the drummers yeah yep
2: it's like you know show up at the at this competition at this time and don't be late keep uh, your travel expenses receipts or don't i don't, fucking or don't. care <laughs> I <know. laughs> that's the jk simmons that i love you know uh, yeah i love that so <laughs> that kind of shit that kind of shit yeah. i love that well you know and then all this whole thing that happens you know riding the bus to the competition oh my god and then there's a blowout and he gets on another bus it's like where's the cabs oh you have to go here it's like these. Uh, then he goes and gets a car rental then he's speeding and then he left his sticks and he has to go back and he gets in a car accident he still crawls out you know all of this I could not believe that the first time I watched this insane it's like it's like if you you have 10 minutes if you are if you're late if you make one mistake you are out this
1: is my favorite line in this part
2: oh there you go that's (laughs) he's
1: when he's uh, he shows up late and that whole I mean that whole argument that he has Uh with Fletcher is is really good yeah I mean he because yeah he's definitely feeling a little bit cocky you know feeling like yeah he has earned the part like he told him but he specifically Fletcher says like you didn't earn shit but when he told him specifically you've earned the part you're like I put you through this so that's that's so that that, I mean that's got to piss him off even more right Andrew, oh, yeah. and like, that's got to give him that's probably yeah. why he ends up doing that. But yeah, this is my favorite part when Connolly is in the back and he just tells him to like back off. And <laughs> Andrew right. turns around Hey, Johnny Utah, fuck off. Turn my pages, bitch. That's my favorite right.
2: lineup. <laughs> and then Fletcher picks it up and says, I'm going to give the part to Johnny Utah. Um, and <laughs> it's just
1: like, I love that. And, but mad and, respect again, just mad respect to him for like standing up and like arguing with him like he does, and like yeah. again, because like this is that's something I probably could never do with somebody like that. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> I'd know, be too scared <laughs> and
2: then he's you know, he crawls onto the stage covered in blood after the car accident. He obviously he probably has a concussion. He's dropping the sticks and uh, do you like, think
1: Fletcher is? Fletcher. Maybe just mildly impressed.
2: Oh, I think he That is. he
1: showed up. I you think know, I is. can see the, a little glimmer in his face where he's like, oh, fuck me. He's he's actually here. And something obviously here. happened and he yeah.
2: sh- still showed up. Then he tackles him. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is just <laughs> nuts. So of course, he gets kicked out of school for it. But, but I mean,
1: what a moment for the audience, too, yeah. just to watch
2: him finally do that and be like, fuck you, Fletcher. It's like, what is going on and then it's after this it's almost like the last section of goodfellas where it just sort of slows way down yeah you know Um, everything stops finally like the
1: tension is is gone not entirely
2: because they they bring it back i know Uh, they bring it back (laughs) they bring it back but the, you know the, this this whole um you know the the lawyer that his dad found we find out that Sean Casey uh, actually hanged himself and mm-hmm. he was suffering from anxiety and depression that started when he was a student i there's also a little moment here that i really like is he turns on this old like home movie of himself mm-hmm. as a little kid just playing what they call paradiddles and It's just so cool. You know, he's just he's just this idea of just loving what you do and Mm -hmm. not having it be this blind ambition that it became for him. It's it's a it's a moving little moment.
1: And especially like what what his dad says here, reminding Mm -hmm. him that, you know, you got to take care of yourself, too. Like you as a person is what's most important, not the music. Like,
2: come on. Well, and then, you know, he takes his kid up. It's almost like a drug addict. Uh, going cold turkey you know he he takes the kid apart bags up all the all the cds and the music that he has and just throws them in the garbage It's hard to see, you know, but at the same time, you Mm -hmm. get it, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um,
1: And I guess the lawyer did actually talk him into, you know, speaking out against him because they just, I mean, they just end the scene with him saying, like, just tell me what you want me to say. Because they're trying to get, you know, because of what happened with Sean Casey, they're trying to get other students to to speak out about his treatment of Uh them.
2: You know, and then it it, it flashes forward to the summer. We see that... uh, Fletcher is playing the piano in a jazz club. You can see him just sort of feeling it and loving playing with these really terrific musicians in this little club. Mm. Um, and then they have that drink together uh, where he kind of explains himself. Does he? <laughs> well, I mean, he he, he, he at least makes uh, Andrew think that he is. I know, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I was there to push people beyond what was expected of them. Uh, it talks about the Joe Jones story. goes into a little bit more detail on it. Then he says, you know, if we, if that hadn't happened, uh, there'd be no Bird, no Charlie Parker, no no greatest, uh, yeah. all of the music that he created. And so they talk so, about
1: like this one, this one like super famous solo mm-hmm. that he did, which yeah. I think goes ties to the end of the
2: movie. Yep, yeah, that's right. Uh, and he says, you know, there are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job.
1: Yeah. Which says, just kind of makes me go seriously.
2: <laughs> I get it. Again, his point. I
1: understand. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I understand it. But for me, God, that's, that's so harsh, <laughs> yeah. I think. I mean, that's. Uh. I mean, just like we were talking before, like it either really strict discipline could work or you got to have someone hold your hand a little bit. You know, it's someone, it works different yeah. for everybody, like what they respond to. And I think that's what he's talking about. Like he obviously believes in very strict discipline. Yeah. But absolutely. Uh, but I would think he would also agree that some praise, at yeah. least even the tiniest bit, is mm-hmm. needed too. You know?
2: Absolutely. He doesn't seem to
1: believe in that.
2: He doesn't. Yeah. Well, you know, Andrew comes back is like, is there a line? (laughs) It's like, what if you do this and you Mm -hmm. discourage the next Charlie Parker? He says, well, that's the thing. Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. And it's like, "Uh, uh, I I, really? Yeah. I I don't know if that's true. Because, I mean, I think all of that pressure is part of what killed him. (laughs) <laughs> you know
1: possible so
2: no. yeah uh and so, again,
1: yeah, again like the first time i saw this movie i was like oh great okay it's gonna have a nice happy ending you know maybe it's because <laughs> they're at, they're out of the situation they're not in school they're not in that pressure cooker situation so maybe this is where fletcher can actually be himself you know who You're he right. actually is outside uh-huh. of school absolutely fucking not he was fucking with him in this, this scene whole too. whole time. Yeah. And
2: ah. he does say th- a couple of things that are true though, I think. Uh one of the things that he says is so he asks Andrew to play with this professional group because of the drummer that they have isn't cutting it and he says, "What about Connolly?" And he says, "All Connolly ever was for me was incentive for you." Uh and I think that's true. That I think that's true, yeah. All all true. he ever yeah. did was was set Connolly up against him. So to push him farther, and I think that's true. Uh, so he he kind of is taken in by this. I think uh, he calls Nicole and says, he's "You know, manipulated again." Yeah, he's allowed himself to be manipulated again. He calls mm-hmm. Nicole and tries to tries to say, "You know, hey, <laughs> you were right. Essentially, um, I'm gonna play again, but it's not gonna be like before."
1: And then that massive blow it, when she says, "I gotta ask my boyfriend." <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can just see him just crumble just a little bit more yeah. when she says that, that which
2: again may or may not be true too. She she may <laughs> or may not actually have a boyfriend. So oh, that's true. Uh, it's
1: she could. I mean, she has every right to be hurt. Absolutely. What, what he mm-hmm. did to her, and like maybe she's just like, I don't want to. I'll use yeah. this as an excuse to get you away from me because I don't want to deal with you anymore. Yeah,
2: that's well, true. And I I really don't think that his dad wants him to do it. Uh, not, once, guys, probably not. you know, and he's, he's like, I'm going to support you, but, uh, um, so he, again, you know, he sets up the pep talk there. It's mm-hmm. like, so <laughs> he says, all right. And he does this with the whole band. It's like, so this is new for most of you, but Hey, you know, you do good here and you might get signed to blue note or, you know, get over to Lincoln center or something. But one thing about these cats is they never forget. So, if you screw up, you're done.
1: I like the use of the um, word "cats" there too. I do too. Felt very I j- do too. Felt very I like jazzy. That. I like that.
2: It did. But that moment where he sits down because he had told Andrew
1: that he t- he had told
2: Andrew before that he
1: was playing all the stuff that they had already done mm-hmm. in school. They were going to do Whiplash and Caravan, which were the two ones that we saw yeah. earlier. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so that moment. Where Andrew's sitting <laughs> down at the kid, he's getting all set up and ready to go. And he's like, You think I'm fucking stupid? I knew it was you. And just the look oh on God. his face is like, It's like, okay, before we do some standards for you, we're going to do a brand new tune called <laughs> Upswingin'. And he does not have that tune.
1: Oh my God.
2: Oh man. That so moment
1: he, again, watching this for the first time. Mm-hmm i i loved that i was like that's one of those things that like absolutely like breaks your brain because it's it's so horrible for the characters but you're also like that's such an awesome kind of twist yeah yeah you because know, what because what i was talking about before like you thought he had kind of turned a corner this character had but that moment is just like no he did it oh god that's awesome and Terrible at the same time, <laughs> and I kind of love it.
2: You know, yeah, it's 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 one of those moments where you just go, "Oh God!" <laughs> uh So obviously he biffs that song. uh He yep. walks off the stage. Gets a hug his from his dad. His dad, is, his dad was is, there for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really sweet. But then he goes back on, and he just starts playing. And the jump that he interrupts that, him. Yeah, that while Fletch, he's talking. Yeah, the that jump that Fletcher does. It's, it's like, this could go either way. Yeah. You know, because it's like, does he admire his tenacity or is he just like, fuck this?
1: Because he can't do what he would do if they were in practice because it's in front of an audience. Uh-huh. That's right. You know? Yeah. So you wonder what his reaction is. he going to let him play or is he just right. going to be like, oh, uh, uh.
2: Well, and the line he says <laughs> before he storms off, well, I guess maybe yeah. you don't have it. Well, he's like, oh, yeah. Well, here and then, then he just starts playing and he yells out, you know, "Caravan." It's like, I'm sorry, okay, this is a small thing, and most people probably wouldn't notice, but that bass player has never fucking touched a bass in his life. <laughs> 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 I don't know what he's playing, but it is not the sound you're hearing. Anyway,
1: nope, obviously did not. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: but you know, obviously this this sequence is like you know they they, they start playing Caravan and. Again, is you like you said? It's it's that recreation of the of the Charlie Parker moment when he came back mm. from the humiliation and blew everyone away. And they play the piece, and he just and then he just goes into that extended drum solo. He comes up, come on, man, what are you doing, man? And he's like impressed in his voice. Uh-huh. He's like he's like whatever it is you're doing, keep doing it to some extent. But it's but again, it's an it's enigmatic. Um,
1: I. I do feel like he's a little bit impressed. I'm, I'm mostly thinking about, yeah, that moment where he he slows, he's slowing it way, way down. Yeah. And you can kind of see the excitement on Fletcher's mm-hmm. face when he's like, you know, encouraging him. And it's like, okay, okay, now pick it back up again and like, keep yeah. going. Like, I do see that. He's I helping think there to is a craft of, the that moment. Uh-huh. I, I do think there is a little bit of, that's his, that's his way of giving praise and saying, okay, yep. I like what you're doing. Keep going.
2: yeah. And then there's also That's the, the thing, only you know,
1: part in the movie where I believe that
2: <laughs> there's also the moment where the symbol falls over and Fletcher resets it. So there there's that little moment, too, because that would have been, you know, like if that falls over, then, you know, game over is like, well, no, let's keep oh, there- this going. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's that great moment when um when he Fletcher comes up to him and asks him what is he doing and he like hits the symbol like in his face. Right. And like makes him back off a little bit. I love that part. Or when he like just mouths says, fuck you at him yeah, <laughs> while yeah. he's playing.
2: I yeah. love that. <laughs> and then he also then he also tells him, I'll cue you. You you yeah. Yeah. That is that is one of those things. One of the brilliant things about this movie is that it cuts it ends. Right at the moment of the climax, when they hit the final crash at the end of the song. I love that. And that's just like, again, it leaves you that idea of what now? And Mm -hmm. it's up to you, you know? Maybe uh, he becomes one of the jazz greats. Maybe Fletcher tears him a new asshole. Maybe he joins Spinal Tap and dies in a bizarre gardening (laughs) accident. Uh, We don't know. Um, I know. It's a great ending. And it really leaves it there hanging in a powerful way that's...
1: Yeah, I love the way like before that when he's he's pl- the way the camera like whips back and forth between the mm-hmm. two of them while yeah. he's playing and uh, while he's uh what is it orchestrating or conducting or he's, whatever he's yeah he's <laughs> I guess you can
2: call it conducting he's sort of pointing <laughs> at the band
1: the, the just the the looks that they <laughs> the, the looks that they exchange in that I I love that that's a lot of um, yeah just a lot of unsaid between the two of them how I kind of like to read it like my first initial reaction was that this was still kind of the end for Andrew like he just yeah. needed this like he probably wasn't going to be playing after this like but he just needed to stand up to this guy and, and show yeah. him that's how yeah. I like to read it like he goes on and he keeps working at the coffee shop or wherever he got you know he got a job before you know you know, which is also, and, which I think is just as um, that's just as inspiring and successful to me as if he had become one of the greats, like he had been talking about. You know, just to to show that you to show somebody that tried to break you down that he didn't win, and that's really the, powerful.
2: That's right. That's right. I agree. And you know, of course, if these cats never forget, what are they going to remember? They're going to remember this amazing moment when this drummer just stuck it to that asshole. Because they yeah. all know Fletcher, and they all probably can't probably. stand the guy. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that I you kind of get the feeling that maybe some of that would happen, too. I, I, I kind of like the idea of this being his final performance, and him just mm-hmm. never touching a kid again. I do, you too. Know? Oh, I love that movie. That movie yeah. is so good. So good. So good. Uh, okay. So now, my name's Marty DeBergi. I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> Little dog that chases the covered wagon under the sink. That was mine. So, Good anyway, <laughs> I, uh, this movie, I'm going to try not to just quote the whole thing while we talk <laughs> about it. What's funny about this is I used to watch this movie a lot. I introduced this to a lot of people, you know, musician types that I played with. Some people always thought, oh, I thought Spinal Tap was a real band. Well, in a manner of speaking, but not <laughs> entirely. So I would show this movie to them, and it was just be like this joyous thing of watching this movie together with people, and you just kind of get something more out of it every time. So, and I hadn't seen it in a while because, frankly the the DVD released when it came out, they botched it. It was missing, for example, it didn't have the captions on it that told us various things um, that are kind of funny jokes in the movie so i hadn't watched it but there's two lead guitars yeah exactly with (laughs) those those captions were not there i thought that was funny (laughs) yeah it's one of the greatest things but so i hadn't watched this in a while i got the blu-ray and there's a problem i have with this movie in that if i try to put this on if i'm gonna fall asleep it will keep me awake (laughs) i cannot, you know, just turn this movie on as background noise because I will get myself completely wrapped up in it. I will start quoting all the lines, uh, laughing hysterically, going nuts. But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's boogie. Okay, so um, (laughs) I love the way this movie is structured too because you have the through Mm. line of the tour and everything that's going wrong on the tour, but... You also have these inserts of of that just give you ideas of all the characters and, you know, sort of the history of the band and the dynamics of the relationships and stuff. And so it's it's just to me, every time I see it, it's just funnier because every time I see it, there's something more I catch because there's so many things. It's like, wait, wait, what did they say? You know? (laughs) (laughs) like the first time yeah yeah the first time i saw it i was like what's all the hype about with this and then i watched it again i was like oh uh, uh, oh (laughs) okay yeah it's just funnier every single time
1: i only saw this for the first time like last year yeah like after years and years of knowing it knowing um, what it was about, being kind of oversaturated with the this goes to 11 thing. So yeah. that one didn't work on me because I heard it, heard it times so much before. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the same thing when I saw Airplane for the first time. It's like, I've sure. heard all these jokes before. They're not funny. Um, they just weren't well, funny but in that yeah. context just because they've already heard them before. But like, yeah, yeah. the first time I, I saw this, I didn't. I didn't quite get it. Uh, yeah. Like you were telling me, like it, you just kind of have to I think, figure it out. It takes a little bit to figure out at, at first when you're first seeing it. And then like, yeah. if you, keep watching it and there's there's so much stuff that you can miss that first time if you're still kind of like wait what like, yeah, yeah what, what did they say <laughs> having the captions on uh, is very i think important <laughs> with this one for the first couple yeah. of times because i i was like Definitely. i was reading so much of the jokes and i got so much more out of it um these last few times that i watched it the then the first time i was yeah just finding all those little moments is like
2: such a joy of, of this one yeah and and the this improvisational style that this movie did uh is just done so well in this and i, I- As much as Uh I like the Christopher Guest ones, especially Waiting for Guffman and Best in Show, I adore both those movies. I think they're so good. I don't think they ever got that documentary improvisational style quite as well as they did with Spinal Tap. I just don't think it ever quite, because this movie really feels like a documentary, whereas those, there's moments in it that's like a documentary camera wouldn't catch that. You know, uh, um, so like
1: documentary, but still yeah. feels scripted too. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And I this know feels most...
1: completely real. Yeah, which it is, I think. Right. Yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> it is. And and the thing is, you know, generally those uh, Christopher Guest movies, especially the first two, are are really well done, and they are improvised uh, largely. And a lot of the cast from this movie is in those. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just terrific to to see kind of this start of it and you know rob reiner coming off his this is his debut film uh coming off of being on all in the family as meathead and uh sort of being remembered in that sense you know of course son of carl reiner um great comedic actor and director so this is is just, you know, they have him be the first one on there. And he's, of course, kind of, you know, poking at being Martin Scorsese in, the, <laughs> in this opening year. <laughs> that was hilarious. You know, um, with the beard and the hat, Marty DeBerge and sort of the shirt the way it is and everything. Uh, it, and just right from the beginning with him, you know, crossing his arms and uncrossing them immediately because he doesn't know what to do with his <laughs> I hands. I It, it just <laughs> sets up. It's like, I wanted to capture the sights the sounds, the smells, the smells. of a hard, <laughs> this hard-working rock band on the row. But I got that. But I got more. A lot more. I mean, it, it's just, it, there's this sort of pretentiousness to him that is really oh, yeah. funny. At the same time, the way he there's interacts with the band the whole thing, is, is so funny. It's like, yeah. like the overblowing, the importance of this band and, and what they are. You know, as a group one of
1: England's loudest bands, <laughs> one of England's
2: loudest bands. Yes. And, and to have the first song be a song called tonight, I'm going to rock you tonight. That's the title of the song. <laughs> um, and what's great about this is they actually rehearsed as a band. They actually play those instruments. They actually were in front of audiences and clubs doing this stuff. Really, to make it feel as real as it could and uh, they're really singing there it's 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 great I mean it's like they are actually a band even though they're made up for this movie right. and the songs are so pitch perfect parody um oh, because yeah. they're not like super over the top they feel enough like real heavy metal songs of the period but mm-hmm. they're stupid enough. To still be funny. And how they made that work is pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, they have they get the sound like completely right, but then you read the or I was as I was doing like reading the subtitles of the lyrics I was like <laughs> it just cracks you up. Like my favorite yeah. song is Big Bottom. Big bottom rules. <laughs> how could I leave I this
2: behind? Cool. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Flesh tuxedo. Yeah. (laughs) Pink torpedo. (laughs) Yeah. My baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. Yeah. Anyway. Oh my god. uh, But when they have these captions that introduce the members of the band, David St. Hubbins, lead guitar and vocals. Nigel Tufnell, lead guitar. (laughs) So it's like That right off the bat sets up this dynamic that these two are sort of like the John and Paul of this group, you know. So they're very, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. these alpha characters that are just going to be fighting against each other. And then you know Derek Smalls on the bass. I love Derek. Of course, you love the bass player. Yeah, Viv Savage. (laughs) On the keyboards and Mick Shrimpton on the drums. Um, (laughs) So I just love that. And then switching back, going to, you know, let's talk about the history of the group. And this is crazy things like, um, well, originally we were we were called the originals. Uh, but there was another group called The Originals. So we changed our name to The New Originals. And they changed their name back to The Regulars. So we decided we could change it back to The Originals. But <laughs> we thought, what's the point? So we changed our name to The Thamesmen. <laughs> it's, like, it's it's ridiculous and funny. and And this is where you have all of these great parodies of the time periods. Uh, So this is sort of like an early 60s Beatles on Ed Sullivan kind of moment. And you've got introduction of so much stuff. You know, he's like the ridiculousness again of the music. You know, it's a perfect parody of that style of music. Give me some money Mm. Uh, because there were songs that were like that you know, that's what I want. I want money oh, was yeah. a real song. So this is sort of a spoof of that. And they, this song even ended up in Don't Tell Mom, the Babysitter's Dead, well, right? yeah. a different version of it,
1: right? <laughs> well, it's like in that little moment, you can see um, an actor that I love, Ed Begley Jr. As exactly. As like the first drummer. Love him. <laughs> Stumpy
2: Peeps. Yeah. <laughs> good, yeah, it's a great tall blonde geek with glasses. Um, great drummer. Good, good luck. Great, great drama, uh, and then we introduce, of course, the running gag of what happened to him. Uh, well, he died in a bizarre gardening accident. I mean, come on. I mean, it's, it's like but one of those things that's better left unsolved, you know. <laughs> and and he and he was replaced by Stumpy Joe. So another st- <laughs> Stumpy Joe, Eric Stumpy Joe. Um, he, he uh, choked on vomit. <laughs> now this is the line you texted me right it's like uh, you don't really know whose vomit it was it was right yeah because
1: (laughs) they don't really have that at scotland yard they can't can't really dust for vomit
2: (laughs) yeah you can't really dust for vomit i mean (laughs) this
1: is what i love these scenes um i mean the two standouts for me in this movie are christopher Guest and uh, michael mckeon when they're they're playing with each other oh my god i agree because you can just see them there's even you can see them crack in certain scenes too which Makes it even funnier. I know A certain little moments where you can see, like when um, at the later on at the in the diner scene, like. Christopher gets like smiles or something at one yeah. point. And I was like, that's totally, he cracked there. Yeah. But I love that kind of stuff. I think it's perfect because you can tell that it was just, that it was just them playing with each other and like trying to make, trying to make each other laugh and trying to make each other crack and like just it, trying to one up with their, each of their lines. And it's so perfect.
2: Exactly. And there's moments they are so on the same wavelength that they say the same words at the same time, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, which is really good. Obviously, yeah. there, was, there was a sense of uh, of a structure of where this was going. This is what we're doing in this scene, but mm-hmm. it's not scripted. It's it's made up in the moment. That's one of the brilliances of the thing. I mean, there's there's a sense of, okay, there's a screen story as to where we're going to go with this, but let's make this as much like a documentary as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. So say what you... Want to say, you know, in this character, and it's just brilliantly done. Because you know, when they ask, because I've seen interviews with pretty much all of the major cast, uh so Rob Ryder, Michael McKean, Christopher Guest, and Harry Shue, and they're all asked, you know, who wrote Spinal Tap, and they all pretty much say everyone who acts in the film.
1: I believe it. Yeah. 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 Um, That's so, absolutely what feels like.
2: Yeah, and and you got just this. this wonderful cast here um i mean fran drescher as uh bobby <laughs> She's Flag- awesome. bobby flackman um yeah and then uh patrick mcnee uh as sir dennis eaton hogg <laughs> which <laughs> 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 yeah he's, he started a summer camp for pale young boys uh that's how why he was knighted uh, then, <laughs> then you then you have these even smaller moments you have the mimes you know, at the party, at the launch yeah. party for the tour, <laughs> uh, Dana Carvey and Billy Crystal, and they're handing out hors d'oeuvres. It's like, it's like, all right, don't talk back. Mime is money. Mime is uh, money. <laughs> mime is money. It's
0: just- that's
1: one thing that I I love about this movie is that it actually it reminds me a lot because it shares a lot of the same uh, people as one of my forever favorites, my second batch of forever favorites, The Princess Bride. Right. You know, also, Rob Reiner. It, it was so weird to see Christopher Guest like this. I've known him like my whole life as Count Rugen. Yep. And so <laughs> to see him like this was really interesting. And then like Billy Crystal shows up. So I mean, yeah, this is all the kind of people and the kind of comedy style that they do. I I've loved since I was a kid. So yeah. I don't know why I didn't latch on to this one sooner. But it's so different from The Princess Bride. Um, it really is, yeah. And the way that just they have the same kind of comedy style, like I said, but just it just delivered in a different way. It just takes a little bit to get used to, but these guys are
2: just—they uh, just killed me. So, and then, and then you know, <laughs> right in the next scene, you got another one. You got Bruno Kirby as the you know who was probably best known outside of this for being in City Slickers with Billy Crystal. So you again oh, okay, have this yeah, sort yeah. of you sort of have this group, right? So he's the limo driver, and he's are you reading? Yes, I can. By Sammy Davis Jr. That book should be called Yes I Can If Frank Sinatra Says It's Okay. And, you know, he just starts spouting off and they just (laughs) roll up the window. Slowly rolling. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's great stuff. Um,
1: Again, just feels like a moment where that's just what i think it was probably Christopher Guest like that's just what he did and mm-hmm. the other the actor just had to go with it and he totally did and it just mm-hmm. makes it funnier you
2: yeah. know like it's it's so hard not to just go through everything in this movie because I know. every every moment is we've talked we talked about this is like every moment it's like what would you take out of this movie i was like it's and, so short too and the thing is there are on the blu-ray to this a good 45 minutes of outtakes some of which are just as good as what's in the movie. So how you choose what to leave in and what to take out of this movie, I, know. I don't know. Because so much of it pe- is with, so funny and just like gold that the, ended up the on kind the cutting kind of You
1: have Yeah, the yeah. kind of talent you have riffing, like I, I want to see all of it. I want to see all of like what they didn't pick. I know. And, and another some... actor that we've already mentioned, too, yeah. uh, that I loved seeing was, the, uh, I don't know his name, but the guy who plays Ian Faith <laughs> showed up in, oh, Jumpin <laughs> Ian, in Jumpin' Jack Flash. He was a bad guy in Jumpin' Jack Flash. Oh,
2: Liam. Uh, Liam. Ian. 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 <laughs> Ian. Yeah. Uh, Tony Hendra is his name. But okay. another thing that, like these, in, these jokes that I don't know if everyone gets it the first time, uh, like the song Big Bottoms and all of yeah. them are play all of them are playing bass. Uh so Are they? <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it's it, yeah, so you've got obviously Derek playing bass, but then it's cuts to to David and Nigel and they're both playing basses as well. So they're Isn't they're playing-, Derek
1: playing a double bass. He's playing a double song? bass.
2: Yeah, and they're playing they're yeah, double necked bass and they're playing yeah. they're playing in harmony on the basses. So it's like a three-part bass thing and it's actually <laughs> musically it's not ridiculous it's pretty f- good yeah <laughs> it's just i didn't like, even notice <laughs> it's but it's just so funny it's just like this stupid joke of oh the song big bottom they all should be playing bass then right you know and it, but it works so <laughs> well and they draw zero attention to it it's it's just I so didn't even notice. <laughs> good i mean and i that just to end uh, you know it's like <laughs> big bottoms uh drive me out of my mind how could i leave this behind it's just like <laughs> they think they think they're being so clever and it's just ridiculously stupid and it's but but the audience is just into it and i just think that is so funny about all of that all of the songs are like that too it's yeah. just so good like, i mean sex farm yeah we're taking a sophisticated <laughs> view of the idea of sex yeah you're putting it on a farm yeah uh
1: i mean <laughs> I'm really influenced by Mozart and, and Bach. Bach. And they, they just really. What's this one? This one's called "Lick
2: My Love Pump." That is the perfect <laughs> joke. That that joke is perfect. And uh, you jumped ahead on me, but you know that that is Sorry. the perfect <laughs> joke. The way that is set up. I, I love the re- the scene with the reviews. It's like you know, that where they're just saying all the album titles. Uh, intravenous intravenous to Milo. <laughs> I mean, the gospel according to Spinal Tap, on which day did the Lord create Spinal Tap and couldn't he have rested on that day too? Then your review for Shark Sandwich was essentially a two-word review, just shit sandwich. why they print that? Where, they where can print can,
1: that. Where, <laughs> they can't print that. Where could they publish that? Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I, I, I love ian in this i think he's great this line that he throws off here the the boston gig has been canceled i wouldn't worry about it though it's not a big college town that is (laughs) to me one of the funniest (laughs) lines okay i mean i didn't get that yeah the the, the number Obviously, the number of colleges in Boston is ridiculous. Right. <laughs> um, right.
1: I didn't, that's one of the ones I didn't catch. I've only yeah. seen this like twice. So there's tons <laughs> of shit I
2: probably there's, there's didn't so even much. catch. And, and the thing is, I think this is a movie that would just kill with a big audience that was into it. I, I would mm. love to see this with an audience because I've only ever uh. seen it with groups of, you know, maybe five or six at the most. Uh, which is still great but seeing this with um like I don't know, I've never been to the New Beverly, but seeing it somewhere like that right. um, would probably just rule
1: and different people pick up on different things absolutely in movies, so yeah
2: yeah 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 <laughs> then okay so the big deal about the cover the cover of the smell, the glove album it's like, Ian, you put a greased naked woman on all fours with a man's arm extended up to here pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it you don't find that offensive you don't find that sexist It's like, it's like you should have seen the cover they wanted it wasn't a glove <laughs> I assure you <laughs> What's wrong with being sexy? Well, it's sexist, ist. Oh, oh. oh. Yeah. And and this is the part where where you see that Nigel and David have these big cold sores on their lips.
1: Yes, I I didn't get until like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that it's not drawn attention to at all. At makes all.
2: At all. Because in the in it's some like of if the you,
1: if you see it, you see it kind of thing.
2: Yeah. 'Cause in some of the some of the deleted scenes they they have more of that as a running gag where they have the cold sores on their lips through several different scenes and it okay. kind of draws more attention to it. But I think it's actually a lot funnier with it just being this one moment. It's the yeah. only time that it happens. I mean, and mm-hmm. there's like there's like a whole explanation uh, as to why Derek has the has the zucchini and foil inside of his pants that they cut out. And so it's. I don't abs- need
1: an explanation. Yeah, it's that's, just it, <laughs> that's fine it, the way it is. It, it's perfect
2: the way it is. Yeah, it's like so. So your audience is uh, made up primarily of young <laughs> boys. Why is that? <laughs> it's, 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 it's a fear. W- with the women, c- it's like they. It's like we have they're they're really quite fearful. It's like we we wear tight trousers. They're- there are armadillos <laughs> in our trousers. And that's the part. Yeah, that's right. That's where that's, he, where, that's, Michael where, he, McKean,
1: that's where Michael McKeon cracks. Yeah, he, yeah, I love cra- that. He
2: cracks up, <laughs> and they keep it in the movie, which is perfect.
1: They respond to the the female in our music, yeah. <laughs> like saying shit that sounds, sounds smart, smart, but he doesn't, but is not doesn't know all. what he's talking about.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and then if there's there's sort of this wonderful the you know, the the idea of the of the diva tantrum that nigel mm-hmm. has with the bread the, f- the bread <laughs> <laughs> and there's these details are so like there's that whole silver tray full of oreos that the white part has been licked off of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, there's, and you know, the olive, one of them doesn't have a pimento. The other one does. This one's got a little guy in it. This one, what, what, what's it, it's a complete. It's a complete catastrophe. Um, is It's so funny. It's like,
1: I yeah, there's like a, a cracker with cheese on it, it or whatever, like a cigarette stubbed out in it. Yeah. too. <laughs> it's
2: Like, oh, that's gross, dude. It's, it's like, but if you keep folding it, it breaks. And it's like, you have to keep <laughs> folding it. It's like, well, why do you have to keep folding it? Uh that's one large bread. It's <laughs> so funny. And Ian is just agreeing with it. To That's what's so it.
1: that's what's so brilliant about the movie is that it's all this stuff that you've seen or heard of before from mm-hmm. guys like this, and they are just they're just having so much fun with it. And just yeah, like absolutely really tearing are. those stereotypes to shreds, you know.
2: Yeah. Um <laughs> I, I like all the little things they try with the stage performances too, like when they're singing "Hellhole" and uh, <laughs> Nigel starts leaning back during his guitar solo and he falls <laughs> until he falls over yes. and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "Great stuff!" And uh, whole, Nigel's whole guitar room where he picks up, it's uh-huh. like this. This one's this. It's perfect. He's like, it's like I. This is this is one that my f- my friends who love this movie do all the time. It's like it's like here the sustain listen to it. It's famous for us to say, listen, uh, I'm not hearing anything. Well, you would if it were playing. <laughs> so it's, it's like Sonny it's just is like, ah! You go out and have a bite and you still be hearing that thing, ah! Um, so we, so we do that all the time. We're such nerds, uh, friends of mine. It's like, and, and then it, But it uh-huh. also introduces an important thing, you know, the whole radio wireless unit that he has for the uh-huh. one on the guitar. And then <laughs> I love the, the, the look at this one. It's, it's still got the little little tag around it. It's like, he's like, well, don't touch it. It's like, I was just pointing. Don't, well, touch don't it. point. It's like, it can never be played. Never. And obviously, he's in just <laughs> like a guitar shop or something like that is probably where they filmed that. It's like, hey, look at this one. It's got the tag on it still. It's like, it can never be played. Just go runs with it. It's so funny. <laughs> and then, of course, the, the famous moment where they look at the amplifier. And yeah. if you can see. The numbers, I'll go to 11. Now, that, that was one of those things where when you actually, when you heard, it's one of those things that I heard about, obviously, before this. And then when you actually see it, it's kind of like, oh, okay. But after a yeah. while, it just kind of yeah. gets funny again. You know, Uh, for me, for me, it's just, it's like, I know it's been done to death. I know it's the line that everyone says, but after a while, it's really funny. It's, and the, the, especially the whole thing where he says, well, where Marty tries to explain, well, why don't you make 10 the loudest and just, you know, like make that a little louder. And he's just, his answer is, these go to 11. (laughs)
1: Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's no, what, i think that's the part that makes it that's funny. what
2: makes it work yeah it's
1: like don't try to bring logic into this okay we're just dumb musicians that's <laughs> like, right that's that's it's right. pretty much <laughs> kind of what they're portraying especially with that and the the bread folding thing yeah <laughs> like just trying to placate the the stars is what it feels like it's like playing with in a way too
2: yeah i i mean there's such great stuff in here like you have when they go to the hotel and the guy says there seems to be a pro- Paul Benedict who's just one of those faces you recognize I think from different things but he um Ian calls says, this twisted brute here and he just says I'm just as God made me sir <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, yeah, is great okay. stuff. Um, I
2: love that. And so they're trying. There's a mess up with the hotel, and then Howard Hesselman as the manager for Duke Fame. the he has this line: uh, "We'd love to stay and chat, but we have to wait in the lobby for the limo." Like I said, it's going to be hard for me not to just quote the whole thing. <laughs> the Memphis gig is canceled because of lack of advertisement. Do you think their appeal is becoming? Um, you think the the band is waning it says no, I just think their appeal is becoming more selective is Ian's line <laughs> which is like sort of the this whole theme with him as a character is he's always tried to put this positive spin on this right terrible situation they're clearly just going down the toilet <laughs> and they're done
1: is there a specific band maybe not a specific one but like that they're trying to to riff on do you think or like what what does this what does it make you who does it make you think of like anything in this movie the most
2: I think there's a lot of things because I think it's sort of like the opulence of some of bands, you know, like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath Uh, and uh, sort of this over the top thing. I, I think sort of the maybe the pretentiousness of something like, I don't know, yes or something like that, who uh, just comes across as being so great uh, in their own minds, um, or the I don't know. Um, but I think there's a touch of Van Halen, you know, like his guitar solo. Yes. I think it's totally Van Halen because he's a, he's shirtless playing is gu- playing the guitar solo. But there's also a little bit of Jimmy Page in that too, because instead of using a violin bow, he uses a violin. The violin, yeah, which is really <laughs> or
1: funny. he's or he's playing and then he's he's playing the other one with his foot.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I all of that. So whether I, I think it's just a send up of sort of the whole, the
1: whole uh, industry though, like the, the whole hair the, metal the whole time, industry. Yeah, even different time periods. Yeah, yes. I just feel like it's a it's a well, sixties, mean, seventies, and
2: eighties. Absolutely. There's stuff. There's stuff with the Beatles. There's. Um, uh-huh. I think clearly Janine is supposed to be quote unquote Yoko. Oh, absolutely! Um, yeah. But I mean, obviously, that that's not really true. The whole Yoko broke up the Beatles thing is not really true. That's that's um,
1: the joke that everybody knows. That's that's yeah, the story yeah. that everybody knows.
2: Yeah, uh, and you know, speaking of Janine, I mean, she's when we the look on Nigel's face when he finds out that she's going to be joining the tour to pick something up, right? She's not, <laughs> you know, he's he's right. Like, <laughs>
1: go ahead she can hear the like the she can hear how much sugar i'm eating like my she said my larynx is fat
2: yeah i love that part and gosh when they hear them their old song on the radio the cups and cakes song and it says and the dj says they're currently they later changed their name to spinal tap uh who are currently residing in the where are they now file
1: uh, that looks on their faces it's so oh, sad it's so brutal that is
2: brutal and you know, it just cuts to that scene where they're at Elvis's grave, and they're just <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just put a lot of perspectives. Like, uh, yeah, too much, too much fucking perspectives. So, like, watch your language. We're in in the presence of the king. <laughs> like, I love it. And they tried tried to do the uh, the harmonies on Heartbreak I know, Hotel.
1: It's supposed to be just like a nice little moment where they sing
2: one of his yeah. songs, but they're they start,
1: so they're so up their own asses that they have to get
2: it perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like it's, like, it's like fucking barbershop. shop. It's like well, um, <laughs> but this is where you really start to see the tensions between David and Nigel that mm-hmm. really starting to creep in because they they throw it in pretty subtly how they build it up I think it's pretty well done the way they do it and listen to the flower people is (laughs) that song is again it's just this send up of that early 70s late 60s era Mm -hmm. you know and it's just the dumbest song (laughs) but (laughs) and then their drummer this is the most famous drummer death of course uh, was uh, Peter James Bond uh, who (laughs) exploded Thanks. on stage exploded on stage you know dozens of people spontaneously combust every year it's just not very <laughs> widely reported but you know there's, there's so much janine really does change the dynamic of of things for yeah. them though i mean she's on stage uh, or they're on stage um <laughs> doing a sound check for a very changed version of of uh and snarly 80s version of give me some money i think which is pretty funny and and then janine arrives and the album smell the glove is here i think this joke has lost some of its sting because this idea of having an album that is completely black on both sides like that um, doesn't
1: doesn't even say anything i know
2: (laughs) i know well the thing is in 1991 Metallica released an album that was essentially <laughs> black that it, <laughs> I mean it, you you could barely make out that it says Metallica on the cover but and I remember the first time I saw what spinal tap was was at an MTV Music Awards and they presented in character the award to Metallica for their album and they called them Metallica and they said, the Black Album, where'd you get that idea and all this stuff? And I was like, who are these guys? I had no idea who they were. And I thought, they don't even know how to- Presenting them as a
1: real band? Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and and
2: so I thought, are these guys just morons or something? They can't, never heard of Metallica? <laughs> and, and then when I saw the movie later, I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> So, okay, instead of just kind of going through plot point by plot point, the next thing that kind of comes up is another but one of what their that's the funny stage. stuff. <laughs> I know. Oh, maybe we should then. Okay. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it just moves so fast and there's everything. Every scene is just like hilarious. But anyway, the next thing is they're playing the rock and roll creation. And they have those plastic cocoons uh, that open for David and Nigel, but Derek's doesn't open. And the, you know the hammering and the, everything that's going wrong with blow this torch. thing, the blowtorch, and he's in there playing the thing, and he finally gets out when the song ends, and and then it closes on his arm. I mean, it's it's just, it's just fantastic. It's just sort of this over the top stagecraft that is mm-hmm. pointless. <laughs> it's so funny. Right. You know things like uh, the interview with the drummer and while he's in the bathtub it's like so given the track record of spinal tap drummers uh do you fear for your life at all and it's like well it <laughs> says something about you know the law of averages <laughs> says you will survive yeah i love how they always just kind of agree with what marty says mm-hmm. He 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 sort of summarizes for them and they just say yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like yeah. <laughs> every every single one of them does that. It's so funny, and, and then this whole thing where he's talking about you know before I met Janine, uh, my life was cosmically a shambles. I was dabbling in whatever <laughs> Eastern religion came my way, and she just kind of helped me sort it out. And you know he's clearly because he's wearing the Zodiac shirt that she's designed and everything, and David's mm-hmm. just kind of clearly embarrassed about it he doesn't really want to present it right but he doesn't want to upset her so there's a there's that awkwardness with us like come on don't embarrass me in front of the guys and you know. <laughs> but,
1: uh, i gotta say too i do love uh nigel's uh gumby shirt that he wears That's so oh Nigel, yeah. right uh-huh. it's so cute
2: <laughs> and then he's got a couple of great shirts because he also has the uh the the skeleton shirt the, the yes. his, ex- his exact <laughs> the, talks, structure
1: that he talks about at the end yeah yeah i love
0: that
2: um but this is this is where it goes to the perfect joke like i was telling you it's like uh Nigel Sorry, at the piano. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there. <laughs> That's okay. It says it's this beautiful thing. It says it's like it's a part of a trilogy uh, in D minor, which I always thought is the saddest of all keys. And I I use that line a lot with my friends. And it's like you know oh, D minor, <laughs> the the saddest of all keys. And it's like uh, well I'm just simple lines, intertwined. I'm really influenced by Mozart and Bach. And it's like hey, what's the name of this piece? Mach. Oh, this one's called mock. Uh, it's kind of a mock piece. Yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> What's this one? Uh, Oh, this one's called uh, "Lick My Love Pump." I mean that that joke is just the way that that whole scene is just like the perfect setup and punchline of a joke. It's I, Uh it's and it's only for that purpose because there's it's never brought in at any other point. Because it's like
1: cut right after that too. Yeah,
2: and it's it is just because. Honestly, they probably both started laughing. Yeah, I was say, yeah kudos on him, like, how he didn't right crack. Yeah. <laughs> right, right after
1: he said that.
2: Yeah. Um, and then it goes you know, the the airport metal detector with Derek. Yeah, uh, taking the, part the keys that, out I don't of his know why. pocket. know <laughs>
1: this part made me correct this is like the only thing that i really really cracked up at the first time i watched i don't know just because it's another one of those where it's just like absolutely perfect they don't have to say anything it's just kind of like uh the metal detector is kind of like over his crotch i was like can you do you have any (laughs) artificial (laughs)
2: plates or limbs
1: and then he just he just pulls it out and throws it on the table, and you can see a guy, uh, one of the background actors, is laughing. You know, he he couldn't make it through the scene, and but the people, that's that's all that stuff is just makes it even better. Even if it's yeah. like technically not supposed to be in the movie, like to show the people like right. actually laughing, it makes it even funnier.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And one well, of the thing is why the hell is it wrapped in tin foil? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <It's just> like,
2: <laughs> wouldn't that be more uncomfortable <laughs> yeah there's there's but in the in the deleted scenes there's this whole discussion about how the size of his package has become a problem uh on stage so they they need him to uh have you know Add, add a little more to to that um, for uh. for the show, and so anyway. But so, but I think without that other stuff, there it's it just is so surprising and so bizarre and so funny uh, that it it just makes it again just this perfect joke. And then you have another the song "Heavy Duty Rock and Roll" is. Another one, it's like the lyrics are so stupid, where it's like, brings out the duty in my soul, and it's just like, (laughs) they made a poop joke, (laughs) they made a poop joke, and they're doing it in front of an audience that is cheering them and thinking they're serious, and that's part of what's so Uh funny about it. Uh, And it ends with, okay, I guess so the Lick My Love Pump Mozart Bach thing does come into play a little bit, because they do play a section of Mozart for the close of that song, (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so they play guitar solo version of that and it's really stupid and pretentious and hilarious <laughs> and it's just so over the top it's so funny and then th- i love also how their hotels and venues just get worse and worse as they go through the movie because mm-hmm. um, then the-, the shows them staying at the holiday Inn. welcome national company of the whiz and spinal tap. Paul Schaefer is Arty Fufkin, Arnie Fufkin and polymer records. And he, he introduced himself to, uh, or I'm sorry, Arty, <laughs> Arty, Arnie Fufkin, polymer records. He introduces himself to every single person that way. Yes. Artie Fufkin, polymer records, Artie Fufkin. Uh, So they have the signing. Uh, One of the things, this is, like I said, every time I see it, I notice a different detail. So when they're at the signing for their album that has a black cover, they're all holding black Sharpies. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So when they they sign the album, it's not going to show up. That's Uh, good. (laughs) And it's just this great little detail that I... Like I said, something every single time, there's something more that I will mm-hmm. notice. Um, and then this whole thing is like, all right, I, I screwed this up. This is my fault. I want you to just kick my ass. Kick just, my ass. Just kick my ass. <laughs> so funny. Um, then, of course, the Cleveland gig is great because that is the they can't the find other famous the stage part moment. part yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Now, the thing is, I have had something similar happen to me. <laughs> do tell yeah it, it wasn't a big sta- it, it wasn't as catastrophic as this but it was just sort of that winding road to get to the stage you're just kind of like um where are we going <laughs> um and so uh they, they we had to go down these stairs and through this corridor and you make this jog around this way to get up to the stage where we went so it was just everyone was kind of like it just felt very spinal tap um so mm. we all we all kind of felt it the getting from our dressing room to there
1: and so, i love right. that the scene ends with them still like not having not made it, yeah, <laughs> too. exactly. I think that I think that makes it even more perfect because <laughs> then you're left wondering like, do they ever find the stage? I don't know. Right,
2: right. And um, the the diner scene afterwards, where you know Janine saying, you know, uh, the album was mixed wrong. If maybe if you had done it in Dolby, it's like what? <laughs> it's like she means Dolby, you know. This is where Christopher
1: uh, Guest cracks. He seems he like does. somebody that never would, but he d- yeah. he's he lets out a smile. <laughs> he,
0: well, he part. does because he's making
2: fun of Janine, too. Because yeah. the, yeah. the, the Zodiac, she has this whole thing where she wants to do, dress them Pictures up as signs of, them of the Zodiac, yeah.
1: Zodiac. She's got these drawings that are awful. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's like, do you know how much it's going to cost to dress the band up as animals. It's not animals, it's <laughs> signs of the Zodiac. It's like, well, well, maybe if mine was done in Dobly, then maybe, you know, that's, that's where he laughs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's the moment. But it's like, then of course, obvi- iconic, of course, uh, Nigel gives his idea, you know, the best production value we ever had on stage, Stonehenge. And he draws on the napkin the set pieces. Well, it's like we'll we'll f- have a new one made. We'll have a new set piece made, and he writes down eighteen with two little hash marks. Um, <laughs> And it's then wrong. the scene ends, uh, which I love. It's like, it was like, and, and Ian's like, consider it done. And he puts the napkin in his pocket. And then, um, we cut to Nigel. My solos are my trademark. And that uh, we already talked about. It. I love the part, <laughs> the, 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 the best part of that though is he scrapes the violin on his guitar and then he picks up the violin and he tunes, he turns the tuning peg on the violin like it matters and he starts scraping is that gonna help yeah and he (laughs) he starts scraping it on the on the guitar again and that i think that is just the most hilarious moment in that it's so funny um and then uh angelica houston (laughs) as this as the set designer i know (laughs) it's like oh this looks magnificent it's like um Now, when we get the final piece, it'll be to these specifications. (laughs) Like, what what do you mean the final piece? This is the piece. It's like, like, I got this napkin. It says 18 inches, 18 inches. It's like, have you ever been to Stonehenge? They're 20 (laughs) feet high. (laughs) But but the thing is, then Ian putting on that face, you know, it's like, this is what I got to do. I'm going to go with it. Just that extreme, you know, having to always show an air of confidence and the way they and then of course stonehenge is this absolutely ridiculous pretentious song oh absolutely
1: i love i love it though because because of that the robes and
2: the way nigel sets up the whole thing is like
1: the red lighting on his face
2: druids nobody knows where they were who they were (laughs) or what they were doing you know the playing of the of of the mandolin and everything like that, and um, then <laughs> just the look on David's face when he sees what he sees the the set piece coming down is just like priceless. And uh, you know, Michael McKeon, uh-huh. like you said, it's hard to pick an MVP of this movie because everybody is so damn good.
1: I know he's the one that I kind of latched onto the most, like, I think he's, he's, he's really so... likable. Uh uh-huh. and he's yeah. so into it, and he can he can riff just as well as Christopher Guest, who's oh yeah, I think kind of kind of tough to beat <laughs> to yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but he plays so well with him, and they're they're perfect together. I love them so much.
2: My favorite exchange in the whole movie is after the Stonehenge scene, because uh, I for one don't think the problem was that the band was down. I think the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge <laughs> yes. monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf that tended to understate the hugeness of the object (laughs) just the way he delivers that line is he
1: delivers that so well (laughs) uh, yeah
2: it's like and Ian says I think you're making a big thing out of it and Derek says making a big thing out of it would have been a good idea Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) he and Nigel are so cute I think one of my favorite little moments is when they're talking about the first song that they wrote together love it and I think this actually a good that's song. The, that's, the, that's what I was going to say. That's the one good <laughs> song in the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> is this one, the first one that they wrote, where they're like, oh, I can't really remember it. And it's actually got like re- good lyrics. Yeah, I'm like what they're
2: doing now. It's which is, I, thinks, I, which I, I think
1: part. is the joke. Which I love
2: that that it's absolutely the joke, and 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 it's like <laughs> it's like and then they're talking about how stupid it is. So he just repeats itself yeah. there, five words in the whole song. It's like, dude, have you heard? You know, she loves you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this like it's, it's it's like that's kind of the song it's supposed to be. It's sort of like you know, Mystery Train or or one of those great early Beatles songs. It's supposed to be like one of those, and I I think it's so good. I love mm. that part. It's one of my favorite things in the movie, and the fact that they hate it is just hilarious. I, uh, um, <laughs> and and you know, this is the scene where where Ian quits. And and um, it's not your job to be as confused as Nigel. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there's there's no sex and drugs for Ian. David, I find lost luggage. <laughs> I look. Kate <laughs> strings in the middle of Austin. And then De- Derek is so funny because he's always so calm. Harry Shearer is great in this. And he says, uh-huh. um, "I'm going to raise a question of practicality. Are we going to do Stonehenge tomorrow? <laughs> no, we're not going to fucking do Stonehenge." <laughs> <laughs> and then you know they're talking about the dynamic between. This is where we really see the dynamic between. Nigel and David In action because I think Ian's always kind with of Janine been, in the middle yeah with Janine in the middle And the, you you have Because uh, it's showing them the whole Studio where they're trying to record this Thing and I swear Their direction to each other was probably Let's see how many times we can fit the word Fuck into this scene <laughs> because everything they say it's like it's like you can't play the fucking guitar it's like it's like it's your is it's your fucking wife she's not my wife so whatever the fuck she you know just over back and forth <laughs> yeah. and then they show Derek in the booth just going oh god <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's uh it's great but I mean it really does set up how explosive their dynamic can be and then they actually goes to Derek's interview and I think these are really setting up where this is going to end up Real soon, you know, we have two. He says we have two visionaries in the band. They're like poets, you know. <laughs> it's like sure, um, it's like <laughs> it's like it's like fire and ice, and my role in the band is to be lukewarm water. Um, <laughs> and this this just sets up, you know, in the next the next scene where they go to the Seattle gig. You know, because at this point, hey, Janine, your Janine, area. J- yeah, I know. Well, Janine has taken over management of the band. Nigel is. Clearly not cool with this. She's get, handing out these charts that say things like, "Because the band's zodiac sign is this," which is a very which means, uh, it's, and it's just like it's it's so.
1: How can how can a, a band have a, its own zodiac sign? Yeah,
0: I know.
2: I know. <laughs> it makes no funny. sense. Yeah,
1: her scene in the in the hotel room where Ian quits is like. I, I wish she had a little bit more moments. She's not a, she's not as funny as.
2: Everybody she's, else. she's not a she's not a really funny yeah. character, but she does have she's got she a has couple of little yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah,
1: but because she, she's playing that that scene where they're they're arguing, where she's kind of inserting herself into the the band's yeah. like uh, inner
2: workings and stuff. Like she's playing it very real. Yeah, I think she she is kind of. She has a little bit of a thankless role in the movie.
1: That's, be- yeah, that's what I was kind of feeling. Yeah. yeah she that's has to, what I'm trying to say.
2: She has to anchor things a little bit. She has to be some level of reality in a movie like this. Whereas, like we have said, you know, Michael McKeon and Christopher Guest can just kind of go nuts um, yeah. in a lot of ways. But,
1: yeah, you could def- you definitely yeah. get that she's
0: mm-hmm.
2: the Yoko, yeah. you know. She's, <laughs> that's, yeah, the, quote that's unquote the Yoko. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, Yeah. The Seattle gig at the Air Force Base is pretty good. Um, oh, got my God. He's so Fred, the, Another Fred like, Willard is always great.
1: Another kind of joke that you might kind of miss is spinal pap and spinal trap. Spinal, spinal, <laughs> spinal tarp. But... Yeah. You are spinal tarp? They say tarp or trap. I thought it was trap. I, I thought he said tarp. One of those. Um, you know. are spinal tarp? Or the, um, the sign at the very beginning that says final pap, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> All these different
2: confusing. It's like the Oneters, right? That's the wonders. Yeah, right. Uh, it's like this is our uh, annual let your hair down weekend. Is like <laughs> where we just kind of let. I, I better not. It's look like you guys already have a are ahead of us on that it's like i better not i'm getting a little shaggy myself <laughs> i'm i'm i might uh they might think i'm part Enjoy of the band that. i'm Ritz. kidding of course i'm joking <laughs> i'm joking yeah <laughs> so um, fred willard oh i'm i'm yeah miss, i miss him because i think and this isn't even my favorite appearance i love him absolutely love him in uh best in show mm-hmm. I, as as the he's sort of a sports commentator at a dog show and it's just the most hilarious (laughs) thing it's like "Eh, so just make sure you play a couple of slow numbers for me and then it that it cuts right to them (laughs) working on a sex farm sex Um,
1: farm he's one of those that i know i've seen in so many things i can't even like remember all of them but he's he's just one of those that guy actors that's always good always delivers and cracks you up matter he does uh
2: he's just Again, so funny
1: like this whole movie like all the, just the little moments that these great comedic actors get i mean even yeah. if it's just for one line one little scene they let him steal it for the moment because that's just the talent that they got for this movie and that's
2: and awesome all so good all so good yeah then this is where you know nigel's guitar uh picks up the radio signals uh through the wireless <laughs> and he, and you know he smashes it and uh, and just walks off the stage and just looks at Janine. It, it doesn't say anything to her, but it's very much a "this is your fault" kind of kind of moment sure. uh, as far as he's concerned. Uh, this has another great line for me is after the next day, uh, where he says uh, where Marty is trying to interview him and says, "Well, you know how it's been. I I told you, thirty seven people have been in this band over the years." And then my fa- one of my favorite lines is. I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I wasn't under such heavy sedation. <laughs> I- <laughs>
1: Even just like little little things that I picked, I don't even remember what the context was. I just wrote this down. They're talking. I don't even, like. I, said, I don't even know what they're talking about, but it's just like a good uh, joke. Is they're talking about something something happening in the the Isle of Lucy? Yes, Isle of Lucy. Like, I, love yeah. Lu- which is like,
0: yeah. I love Lucy.
1: just like I love Lucy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like even yeah.
1: that's brilliant. <laughs> they all say
2: it at the same time, which is part of the funny. Yeah. Which is part of one of the yeah. funniest things about that um blues jazz festival jazz blues yes
1: <laughs> the last part of this movie like after nigel quits it makes me think of almost famous oh <laughs> so totally, <much> too. totally. <laughs> which yeah. i kind of loved there's so much about it it's kind of it- like the dramatic funny like you can feel yeah. like because we we haven't really talked much about like the because the, there's not really a whole lot of like character development, or no. really no, but get into I mean, what more do you Because that's not know. that's I not mean, the point. Yeah, that's yeah. not the point here. Yeah. But they still, um, I mean, just the way that they play, it, they do make you fall in love with them enough that yeah. you can you can kind of get what if if this was a like a not like a real movie, but you know, like a more serious movie, yeah. you can kind of get like what they're going for is that like yeah. David and Nigel like grew up together. Obviously, uh-huh. they are like besties forever, and then they 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 almost famous uh the scenario yeah, pretty Jeff much where they, and, 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 uh, one one Hammond, gets bigger yeah. One, mm-hmm. yeah yeah totally yeah that's why that this last part feels very much like almost famous where it's like oh they're yeah. apart i mean they miss each other and then he comes back it's really sweet
2: okay so this next line where they where they go and they're playing like a an amusement park or something <laughs> this is janine's best line if i've told them once i've told them a thousand times put spinal tap first and puppet show last. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, I have a friend who you saw this before. Yeah, uh, have I? I have a friend who you know, professional musician. Um, he does some touring, and he actually went to a gig, and it was his name and puppet show. And he texted me right away <laughs> to sit, to to let me know this. And he says, he says, at least they put my name first. Um, but <laughs> it was just. Uh, but it's just one of those things where it's like you, you see interviews with rock stars talking about this movie like Ozzy Osbourne and stuff and he's like everyone around me was laughing but I was like all of this has happened to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so it was just, it was just too real <laughs> to, to, to really be funny to, to some of these people Um, though. I mean, obviously a, a lot of rock musicians really love this movie because it, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like just, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Is it more enjoyable because it's poking fun at like Probably. everything and everyone? Yeah. You know, I think so. And you can laugh at yourself, like, watching it and, like, things that have happened to you, even though maybe it hurt in the moment, like, seeing it replayed in a funny way. Yeah. Does that kind of, like, soften the blow a little bit? Or, well, like, I mean, Ozzy it...
2: Osbourne talks about getting lost on the way to the stage and things like that, uh-huh. um, have having been true to him, and I, I think that's funny. and And, you know, having band members quit, of course, all happens uh-huh. to people. They um, and, and love this When they're making the set list And it says Well that's a <laughs> nice cozy because... It's a nice cozy 10 minutes uh, So <laughs> yeah. You know what we gotta do? We gotta do We gotta do Jazz Odyssey
1: They can't do anything Because a lot of it's Nigel stuff Nigel yeah. stuff
2: Yeah exactly And then I love how uh, David because, uh, There are a couple of things Like there's this guy Who's just sitting in the audience With his thumb down And then <laughs> Then David says On the bass Derek Smalls He wrote this I think it's just hilarious and then the the end of tour party that is so there's no one there it's <laughs> on a rooftop of some hotel somewhere and, and uh, but it's so funny because it's like this this gives us an opportunity to do all our pride remember we were talking about uh doing <laughs> a rock musical based on the life of jack the ripper jack the ripper saucy jack saucy, you're a Nazi jack. One. saucy jack saucy jack um, <laughs> you're a haughty one and, okay, there's a, and, there's, Jack. and there's another line that David says right afterwards that I think it's kind of lost some of its humor because so many people have actually done this since then. It's like, well, I've always wanted to do my acoustic numbers with the London Philharmonic, you know, and it's just supposed to be this funny, stupid, pretentious kind of thing. But there are so many bands that have done that now. Uh, that had that had not been the case in 1984 because i mean you got guns and roses yeah aerosmith metallica have all done oh these.
1: like adding big orchestras yeah. to their songs okay yeah. yeah
2: so i mean or doing their acoustic numbers doing an acoustic set with it with an orchestra and it's like right so okay. it's it's yeah i I'm, so like i said some of that november cure, rain baby you're right, right. <laughs> Some of the humor's lost a little bit because it's actually come true, right? Um, and you know that last show, you know, uh, Nigel showing up, back says, "Sex Farm is on the charts in Japan," uh, <laughs> naturally, uh, and um, just sort of this. I I think this ending is is just it's sort of triumphant. It feels good. Yeah, I just love the way it ends. It's really sweet. Um, where they're going on stage, you know, and and it's empty sounding, and emotions. Nigel to come up on the stage, and the way the audience just sort of comes alive and cheers for him when he comes out, and uh. everything. It's it's if it, it's kind of gives you a warm fuzzy, uh, even though you spent so little time with these people. Really, you don't you
1: don't know them. Yeah. at all you don't know anything about them and yet you love all of them yeah uh, yeah so
2: much and then you know just <laughs> how they transition from them being at that last american tour show to the japan show is hilarious too because Mick explodes the drummer <laughs> explodes and then they they replace him with Joe Mama Besser <laughs> Which i think it's just one of the funniest things Joe mama um and, Joe and, mama. and they show it that they're in Japan and they're playing um it's tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight right and so I, th- I guess it closes with the same song that it was going to start uh, that, that, that it started thing. with and and just ends with that cutoff and then it, it, it again it, like whiplash it kind of ends at the climax but yeah the stuff during the credits just one thing <laughs> after another it's like you know so
1: again i want to see all of the outtakes you know I this know. is just some stuff i want to see all of
2: it I mean, I mean it's just so it's like so you're saying you feel like a pervert, preserved moose on stage nigel skelly it's my exact inner structure it's not really green as it was well, so i sleep in it sometimes um you know sir dennis eaton Uh he was knighted <laughs> for starting a summer camp for pale young boys saint hubbins is the qual- patron saint of quality footwear, footwear it's like do you think your music is racist it's like oh well, we say love your brother well we don't say it's like we don't really we don't actually say it <laughs> we don't really literally mean it but still still that message should be clear <laughs> sex farm it's like yeah we're taking a sex uh, a, a sophisticated view of the idea of sex you're putting it on a farm yeah um viv <laughs> It's like what is my philosophy? It's like have a good time all the time. That's my philosophy, <laughs> Mine, Marty.
1: Well, okay, that's too much for see, like I said, I've only said this a couple times. That's too much yeah. for me to remember. Yeah. I remember. I like the um like uh what would your epitaph be? Uh it was saying hubbins and, it, and why, why not? not? Oh does that feel like that, that sums up everything that's just the first thing I thought of. yeah exactly I love that
2: I love it and there, there's a library says, uh, says I believe virtually everything I read <laughs> <laughs> and you know like listening to the books on tape by famous authors read by actors with the same last name yeah uh, <laughs> The fact that he
1: could come up with so many examples,
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So if he funny. hadn't
1: thought of that before, if that just came off the top of his head, yeah, that's that's pretty damn good, you know. Yeah.
2: And then you know, Mick is like, well, as long as there's sex and drugs, I, I could do without rock and roll. <laughs> um, the, the, and,
1: the, having the interview of him in the bathtub with a little uh hair shower, <laughs> cap on. On. Yeah. shower cap yeah. on, shower cap on this perfect <laughs>
2: yeah. and the, the, just the end of this movie i love the the thing that nigel nigel's whole thing is about about um it's like maybe i could work as a haberdasher in a chapeau shop it's like well, what what size do you wear sir and, and then you'd answer you know and all that it's like it's like oh no we're all out do you wear black something like You're that you wear black and, yeah and then uh, just, do you think you'd be happy doing something like that so like, oh, i don't know what are the hours? Uh, And and that's the way it ends. And it's so perfect. Everything. Yeah. Just endlessly perfect movie. So funny. I know that I spent most of this conversation just quoting lines from it, but...
1: Because I think the... the Especially now, like all these years later, I think it's pretty obvious what this movie is doing, what it's making fun of. I think it's easy to get that. It's just about whether or not you like connect with it or whether or not it's the kind of comedy for right. you. Well, my or not wife it fell asleep on this
2: movie. She didn't right. think it was funny at all.
1: Yeah. Um, and like I said the first time, like, I, I don't know if I was just like, I couldn't. It was going too fast for me, or it was stuff I wasn't picking up yeah. on. Like it didn't, it didn't work for me the first time. Honestly, as much as when I said that I was watching this for the first time, like everyone was so excited for me. It's like, oh, you're gonna love it, and then I watched it, and I was kind of like, okay,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But I knew you loved it, so I was definitely willing to give it another chance. But it, it's it's one that it it'll absolutely grow on you if it. Yeah didn't really work the first time because watching Uh, it, it's so short. It's so short. I could, I watched it like, or at least had it playing a little bit, you know, at least two or three times, like mm -hmm. preparing for this. And I, I got it, it got to me a lot more. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I love this one now. (laughs) Yes, it's it's a lot, it's a lot funnier than I gave it credit for the first time I saw it.
2: It's, it's one of those movies that you almost like catch up with it on a second viewing (laughs) because it kind of like airplane or something like that. It goes by so fast. Yeah, uh, exactly. All, all of the jokes are just it's so rapid fire. But I mean it's it's a different kind of humor than than something like Airplane, but it's
1: And it's absolutely my it's, style of humor too. Yeah. That dry like quick, mm-hmm. so quick you, you might miss it. Yeah. Type of humor is is my favorite kind of stuff. Just took me a little bit to warm up to it now, but I'm fully warmed up to this.
2: <laughs> Excellent. I'm so glad to hear that. A, I mean, this movie just
1: <laughs> Yeah, there wasn't so much like deep stuff to get into no. with this one as, as whiplash but just as an a, enjoyable movie that that you can you can see the you i'm talking about you specifically you can see the situations and be able to laugh at yep. it what is it, what it's riffing on and what it's making fun of i think that's really important it's always important to be able to laugh at yourself you know yeah absolutely <laughs> and that this movie like gives people the the permission to yeah do that. there you go
2: it certainly does do that and i i've Like I said, with all the, and it doesn't matter if it's a rock kind of ensemble that I, or, or even like choirs, you know, if you're on a tour or something like that, every single time you have a spinal tap moment, there's just no avoiding it. Yeah. And so what you can do is this movie gives you that lens where you can go, oh, this is our spinal tap moment. And if you if you know the movie, it's like we're in it right now, aren't we? Um, so it's just very funny. <laughs>
1: Maybe it makes it less stressful. It's, then it, it does. It yeah. does. It, it gives you the there ability
2: you to laugh at that while you're in it, which is a rare gift that we thank uh, Rob Reiner and everyone else. Yeah. For. So <laughs>
1: absolutely. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, we do have a couple of recommendations. Um, Mine goes with the first movie, so I'll go ahead and uh, give mine first. Um, That is a Clint Eastwoods movie, Bird, which is the life of Charlie Parker. Okay. Um, So it came out in 1988, and it stars in the lead role you got Forrest Whitaker as Charlie Parker. I'm in. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, it's not necessarily as strong of a movie as I hoped it would be but i know it was definitely something that was a work of passion on clint eastwood's part because he loves jazz and it's a it's a really well done movie and uh, obviously a lot more serious than <laughs> either of the ones that we talked about today but um yeah it's good i, I haven't seen it in a while i i would like to see it again uh, it's a little bit hard to find but i think it's a good film and worth checking out if you can drag it down yeah Yeah, it's sort of one of those movies that's a little bit of a deeper cut, Um, even though it was sort of intended to be, I guess, a Clint Eastwood prestige picture. uh, It didn't really end up being one. But I think it's a good film and and worth checking out if you can track it down.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, my recommendation goes with this "A Spinal Tap. Um, This was a movie that I honestly, I did not think I was ever going to watch because it Did not look like my thing at all. It uh, spoofs, which is this kind of, which Spinal Tap kind of is in a way. Yeah. Being like a mockumentary, it's definitely spoofing on something. Like, sometimes, like, it, it... Like I said, it has to be, like, a kind of humor that I I connect to that I I can go with. Because there's some humor that just just is not my thing at all. But I was finally pushed into watching this one by Brian Sauer, who absolutely loved it, kept bringing it up. And him giving the recommendation, uh, I definitely trust his taste. So I was like, okay, you talked me into it. I'm going to give Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping from 2016 a chance. And when I did, I pretty much immediately fell in love with it i was
2: it's so funny
1: i was i was howling the entire movie this i i haven't seen it in in so long though i i absolutely want to like this is one I should buy and it can be an easy one that you can just throw yeah. on if you need something to laugh yeah. at because it is it's so over the top, but it really is fucking hilarious the, the whole way through.
2: I really love it too. It's <laughs> yeah. it's really funny. Um I, I the thing is I guess I connect a little bit more with Spinal Tap personally because of, um, you know, being more familiar with that kind of music i've never really been into boy bands and uh-huh. that kind of thing so but i tell you what it is it doesn't really matter it's no. so funny it's so funny and it's another so-
1: one where it's really obvious what they're what they're making fun mm-hmm. of and mm-hmm. they just lean into they they don't just lean into it they just like they completely just go for it yeah <laughs> and everything the, with the songs and the lyrics of the mm-hmm. songs
2: the songs are that are they, ca- they i think they come the closest to capturing that kind of span, Spinal Tap element too, of being uh-huh. plausible as actual pop songs, but until you actually hear the lyrics, but they're yeah. not, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everything about everything. I I loved this movie just from start to It's I'm, great. I'm, I'm, I haven't seen it so long. I just want to go watch this one again because I yeah. we laughed enough, but I I could in this episode <laughs> that could definitely. Continue on the joy that you get from from Spinal Tap is going straight into Pop Star. That's a great. I think that's a great double feature. I think Josie sure and the Pussycats is. would uh-huh. also go really well with this too. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was gonna mention. I think I mentioned it before. So, um, but the rocker with uh, Rain Wilson. Yeah, uh-huh. is is really entertaining. I check I, think, that one out. Yeah. I think that movie is a little bit underrated. I know. A lot of people don't like it as much as I do, but I, I don't know. I just love Rain Wilson in it so much. It's sort of like Sing Street meets School of Rock meets Spinal Tap, and it's just, it's a nice movie.
1: Cool. I'll have to give yeah. that one a chance, too. Yeah.
2: All right. Enough of our yakking. Uh Let's yeah. boogie, and I hope you, everyone, uh, hope, uh, <laughs> let's boogie, and we will do what? What are we going to do? Give our socials. <laughs> give our socials i got ahead of myself and i need to do that because i have changed my exactly handle <laughs> i've changed it back to my old handle for some reason i'm not really sure why i just felt like it uh but you can find me on twitter at brian waves like brain waves with the i and the a switched 42
1: and you can find me at michelle in Agan. and so my name sh- I should probably you made me want to change mine too like I'm all paranoid now oh
2: don't be paranoid (laughs) I'm sure it's fine and you can find the show at Movie Life Pod and you can drop us a rate and review on iTunes and Spotify which we hope you'll do
1: please and thank you that would be lovely okay now do
2: it okay enough of our (laughs) Oh, what are we going to do
1: we'll see you all next time
2: (laughs) bye